Shut up and sit down. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. When I'm on my bike, I can do the things I like. When I'm on my bicycle. <laughs> I look like a jackass. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just help me find it along the way, like an improv conversation, an improvisation. You are listening to The Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. We all have two lives. The second one begins when we realize that we only have one. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, man, those dang old boy ain't right. Man, I'm gonna talk about it, I'm kicking them dang old ass. Man, I don't take... For God's sakes, Hank, act like an adult, man. Just try and Well... You know, Bobby, I told you, time don't take for me, man. It don't life too short, man. You don't want to hold no grudge, man. I told me, you going to let little bygones be bygones, man. Hi, and welcome to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Vondering, and I'm here with Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic today. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> to his cool. left... Mr. Evan Price. That was a Matt. Matt was good with his timing there because like Jake had a delay there for a second. It was like we turned on and then usually Jake's like right into it, boom. But there, there was a delay there, so I had to wait for it for a second. Wait for it. I had to wait. <laughs> for wait it. for it. We're starting a podcast. So today we are drinking a lot of Fit Aid at the table. Yeah. There was. I think I've already gotten through like three today, maybe. We had our we crushing it. Our our one of our favorite listeners and and frequent person in the dialed endurance lab, Carlos, is, gave us a bunch of fit aid recently, and he's just he like keeps us you know well fed and well drank all the time. He's the greatest guy ever, and th- th- this fit aid I'm liking. It's a lot better than the energy drink crap that I so. Drink Car- on speaking of Carlos, list. he was the man yesterday. Oh, he was and, the man. And we can yeah, get back and we can yeah, get into this in the back. There were quite pedal, a few like, people who were. But the person yeah, yesterday. But that yeah. was amazing. He Carlos was like was awesome. Carlos was su- and his super helpful. Yeah, Carlos for, and Colleen are incredible. They're yeah. so awesome. Good people Good for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sporting a lot of that uh, Sierra Nevada stuff yesterday. I saw I know. too. That was nice yeah. of them. So I got a Sierra Nevada mask right now, actually. Live on location, Lance Hepler. Hey guys, it is Lance Romance. I am on location. I am sitting in a little parking lot in Park City, Utah. So me and the dog and the wife in the van like so, you do like you do if people want to like, find you in park city like how do like where do they look where just do they look for the barn <laughs> next to abandoned barns yeah. we're we're next to the very famous uh it's called the mcpullen barn it's like the famous barn in park city utah off the main highway whatever i don't know where Is will it you mcpullen brandy mcpullen barn where will you be when the podcast comes out on wednesday Mm. Um, I might still be in the Salt Lake area, um, but I'm not sure. That's a big question. What uh, what elevation? I'm, yeah, I'm at yeah, I'm somewhere at elevation. What no? But so, where where do you think you are right now? Are you at like five thousand feet or higher than that? I think, Park City's high, right? I think Park City's close to six, yeah, almost seven thousand feet. I'm not sure. 
doing some altitude I training think, for the cross season? Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, wait, a, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. There's no cross. That's the only reason why I'm in Utah in September. Normally, I do not leave the state of Oregon through all of September and October and part of November because of cross season. But this year, that's not happening. So, yeah. Dang it. Uh, my wife Dang it, and COVID. I are screwing around. You're yeah. taking Lance away from us, COVID-19. One year ago today was the Nincrossi race. Oh. I saw my pictures pop up in my little oh. time hop feed thing this morning. Oh, that's sad. Bummer. Yeah. Cool. How about some backpedaling? Lance, why don't you start us off since you've been having fun? Uh, well, I have had some fun. I still am on track on the dialed 100. I've rode every day. Had a um, kid. We, we still had some ugly uh, smoke for the first part of the week in um, in the Portland area. And so I rode indoors and I just, I was so sick and tired of riding indoors. So that was another thing that prompted my wife and I to finally just get out and leave. So we packed up and we started to head west on the day when it rained and things started to clear out. So we started to head east. We stopped in Hood River and my wife and I had this fantastic ride along the bike path that goes from Hood River, Oregon to the Dalles, Oregon. Um, it is just, it's phenomenal. The sky had like parted and there was, um, the, we were there at sunset. And so, oh my gosh, we just got some great pictures and just had a fantastic time. So that was very nice. Um, we kept moving eastward um we actually ended up in mountain home idaho where i went to do a 50 mile ride my wife dropped me off at one spot and she drove 50 miles down the highway um (laughs) to i was gonna meet her there i had like a 14 mile an hour tailwind for this straight shot it wasn't on the freeway but it was kind of along the freeway and And oh my gosh you passed your wife did you meet her (laughs) i'll wait for you i'll wait for you at the end this story better end with you beat her (laughs) she was like what you're here already i didn't she was painting she's done some fantastic paint stuff while we've been traveling um yeah i caught up to her pretty quick but yeah there was like a there was like a 24 mile segment that i averaged almost 30 miles an hour on you're basically wow. the Tour de France Peloton there. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it was it was super fun to ride really really fast like that on on the road bike. So that was good. Um, what else did we do? Uh, we ended up driving to a place called City of Rocks uh, National Reserve. It is a world renowned um, rock climbing area, and we drove up into the rocks where all the rock climbers were and. We camped up there for the night, and we woke up and had this beautiful hike in the morning, and then there were these beautiful gravel roads all over the place that my wife and I rode some gravel roads for like an hour and a half on, and that was just very cool. So, you know, I, we're just we're just screwing around. That, now we're down in, in Utah in the Salt Lake area, and I'm going to ride with my buddy um, Jason Woodland today, and for the next day or two, he's kind of a crusher. He just... He just did Lodija, and I think he took fourth in his um, age division in Lodija. Wow. So, Dang. Yeah. He is. So I'm supposed to ride with him this afternoon, and I'm afraid he's going to make me hurt. So that should be fun. For those that don't know what Lodija is, it's a 200-mile. Is that what it is? Race? It's, like 200, it's like 203 miles. It's <clears throat> from Log- Logan, Utah, to Jackson Hole, um, 
Wyoming. Wyoming. So yeah. that's where the Lodija comes from. Our very own Andy Levine crushed that race. Yeah. The, was he there last year too? He sent it the last he three went, years that I know. Last three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> he he's rides a beast, his bike fast. So. Yep. Cool. So yeah. that's that's enough for me. I'm just gonna be riding bikes with my wife and the dog and hanging out. And it's we're having fun. Cool. Mr. Matt Legrand. Backpedal. I spent the okay, so I guess I should start with saying I'm still a go on the uh, dialed 100. I have no idea what day we're on. Today will be 34. If I if I get out, I gotta I still have to get today and make that happen. I don't have the tour to watch anymore, so that's gonna put a dent in my um, zwifting. I literally think that someone's gonna have to tell me when to stop, and if you guys don't tell me to stop, I'm just gonna keep going every day and assume that I have to ride because dial 365. It's just one of those things where it's gonna be like. <laughs> You know, every time I kind of chat with someone, I'm like, what day are we on? What day are we on? Every single time yeah. that I talk to someone, what day are we on? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not keeping track of it. Just Gotta put it in your description so you can go back and look. Yeah, I need to do that because that's what you guys, the smart people are doing. Yeah, so I guess I've been um, on Zwift every day pretty much uh, watching the tour. That's not the most exciting backpedal. Um, I also swam a couple of times. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. and this is weird. Uh, I think it was on Friday. I had the pool to myself. Eight lanes. Seriously? I was by myself. And I this, have to like Iron Man style register for a time slot yeah. every single time. Yeah. I, like, did, I did have to register for a spot, but yeah. it, it, this makes no sense, right? Did you swim them all? I should have. That would have been great to kind of like oh, go up and down over all of them. You should have done like a, you know, like a snake swim. All the way through them. I did a triathlon once. I was a snake swim in a pool. It was cool. Um, yeah. It was. I always feel weird when I'm in there and I'm trying to like film something. And I wasn't. I was playing around with some new camera stuff. I have this like water tripod thing that I was playing around with. And it's always weird when there's someone else in the water. A water tripod. Yeah. Wait a second. It's Are cool. you putting your good camera on that and floating it in the water? Yeah. No. no. Oh god, that's what's making me really that, nervous. That's what I was picturing. Was like a, like a floating. Yeah. It Mount. is. It's See a, some it little kid running from the side and doing a cannonball. And, oh, uh, no. and what's really cool about it is it can float on, upside down so that there's like a tripod floating and there's camera underwater. What? Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool little toy. And I had, you know, kind of got it on a whim. And uh, I need to come over. And, oh, Lachemus isn't letting over non members anymore, right? That's the thing. Is can like, I sneak in the back door? I just announced yeah. that on the podcast. Let's but do yeah, it. can I? I'll sneak you <laughs> in. We'll parachute you in. <laughs> parachute me in. The <laughs> but yeah, it's weird to have eight lanes empty. Like, that's not. That's very rare. Not there. good, yeah. I don't think. I feel like it should be. Like, we should be maxing Cascades. out these pools. <clears throat> Cascade's pretty crowded. Oh, yeah. It's swamped. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty so crowded. anyway, so that was kind of disappointing. But at the same time, I was like, well, I got the pool to myself. I'm going to film a little bit of nothing because I don't have a pool product to review specifically mm-hmm. um i do have some open water stuff that i need to do still so think do about you, that do you want to practice uh 50 fly with me this off season do you want to like go for like a 50 i was fly i was PR? literally joking with maddie wick and a couple other people that i think this season <laughs> this off season i'm just going to work on 50 fly i think that'll be fun i've got the fly kick down now i, I mean, think it's terrible but lance, you know, I've got lance do you want to back pedal some more jake I'm, I'm not here to save you jake i'm sorry i'm not there to save you this is a fish this is a swimming podcast this is didn't did you know that we're trending on swimming we're swimming this is a swimming podcast unfortunately they're correct <laughs> did you hear that lance <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go away now. You know, Lance. You. You actually weren't that far away from a triathlon that was this weekend, the Bear Lake race. How How far are you from? Uh, were you from Bear Lake when you were in Idaho? I have no uh, idea where Bear Lake is, but Bear Lake is actually on the border between. It's half in Idaho and half in Utah. Oh, so okay. Is, oh man. Yeah. You're there. 
Yeah, right so there, man. I'm, I'm not too far from it. You should have gone and watched like, the watch the drama, man. It was a great race. Triathlon? Uh, no, I didn't do it. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ran um, loops around my cul-de-sac because I had my wife nice. was out of town and I was watching kids. Was Ethan so, there with you? Nope, he was out of town with my wife. He went to Seattle. Oh, he was. And so, yeah, it, uh, my title on that Strava was like 16 laps of the mile. <laughs> it's because it's like that. And so you just it's do like a 200 loop, loop, basically. Yeah. So it's like an indoor track. It was great. Um, and then the most exciting ride by far was uh, going out to watch Evan. Um, I'll let Evan tell his pod, you know, his back pedal or whatever. But exciting uh, is a strong word there. But you and Cassie had a little throw down on the way we back. Totally to, did. On the way we back did. to the parking lot. So yeah. I hammered out to get to you. Mm-hmm. And then rode with you. And then uh, Cassie and I hammered back. And mm-hmm. I was like really pumped because my I was looking at my wattage. You know, I'm just like, you know. So this is um, out at Vancouver Lake and it's just pancake flat. And I'm just, you just sit there and you're trying to get arrow tuck a little bit. And you're just staring at your wattage. And I was holding like 230 to 250. And I was like, that's pretty good. I've been hanging out at a hundred on all of my, <laughs> hey, all of my rides. Working. <laughs> this like, this like, don't push hard on your pedals is, you know, makes it, makes it tough. <laughs> but, uh, so I did that and I was just like cooking for like 10 minutes and, um, and I was like, all right, well, you know, uh, I probably dropped Cassie and I kind of like do one of these kind of turn to the right to kind of see like where her shadow is or whatever. Didn't see her shadow. I'm like, all right, ease up a touch, you know, and she'll get back on. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. She had already kind of come around me on the outside, <laughs> uh-huh. and had yeah. and as I kind of had turned, she, she dropped fate me. Attacked you, yeah. She got gotcha. you. <laughs> and if you like, I looked at this just this morning. I looked at the power profile of the ride. I spike up to like five hundred to get back on her wheel. I mean, it was like she just dropped she, me. She's got pretty springy attacks. She she will not it, say this name, but she's entirely too humble of her cycling. But she's got a lot of ability on the bike as a bike racer. Like yeah. she really does. She's really yeah. strong. Let's do something about that. Yeah, she needs she's to she's going to race bike bikes this next year. Yeah, she's quitting really, triathlon. She's going to. I don't think she's going to quit triathlon, <laughs> but she's definitely going to race on, bikes. Cassie. She's for sure going to race bikes. This she's next really year. quite yeah. strong on the bike. I I I realized that I was holding her back the whole time on that little <laughs> trip, and uh, yeah, and. I'm kind of glad that she didn't drop me, but I think she could have pretty much whenever she wanted to. Um, so I appreciate that. But it was super fun to have a little go there. And that was the only ride outside this week because it's been really smoky here. It was a beautiful day. Sunday. And then th- yeah. this morning, I, you know, all I've done is like work this morning and then, you know, get in the car to come here and immediately notice the smoke again today. And I was like, well, I got outside yesterday. We we just spiked back so. up to a hundred outside. So it's yeah. So we all I'll, talk in AQI numbers, by the way. Now, if anybody's wondering, we don't talk in temperature anymore. I could care less if the temperature is outside. <laughs> no. Everybody's like, "What is it? One twenty today? Okay, it's twenty three. They're like, "Wow, their temperature jumps around all over, all over it's the like, place." No, we talk AQI these days. And I was planning on riding outside today just because I thought, like, well, this is you know another. This is finally a time for us to be able to go do something outside. And yeah, I was hoping to get on the gravel bike when I was done with work yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I want to do it in a hundred. No. Ride loops around the clinic. <laughs> That could be fun. So, Matt, you've done 33 rides in a row. Okay. Are you feeling... That's what you're telling me. I believe it. <laughs> Are you feeling any benefits from that? Are you feeling like your fitness is starting to kind of like yeah, come I'm, back to life a little bit? You I don't know about... Up? I don't... It's hard to say because um, I think it is. I think it is. I need to do... I didn't really want to do an FTP when my FTP was, you know, 73. 
you, you should wait to the on, on the hundred and first day do an FTP test. Sure, we could do that. That'd be kind of cool. Or I could do one yeah. now and then do one and see if I progress. We should get there everybody who's done the dialed one hundred. Then the do next challenge is do an FTP test on that next week after the yeah. full dialed hundred. But I was I, I I'm feeling more punchy on my Zwift rides and stuff like that. So good. that's been good. I've been you know doing the little sprints or whatever. There you go. I think yesterday I think I hit 600 maybe 600 I don't think I hit 700 watts on a little sprint that's good indoor watts though indoor yeah, watts are not yet I mean, it's not will you transition into a training program during this at all or do you think you're just going to kind of like stay the course I'm considering that because you know my strategy of like keeping every day easy was mostly to get to the point where I feel like I'm not going to hurt myself yeah. and yeah. I can stay consistent I do feel like now I could potentially do a hard workout and then the next day still be fine to ride an easy hour. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I could do that. I could, I was thinking like, all right, well maybe I should do one to two workouts before I do an FTP test. Mm -hmm. Um, just because you kind of need to get back used to hurting a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You need to do a couple, like at least two, three, couple, five minute yeah. efforts to get that taste back. But then I think if I, if I don't do that and I ignore that, then my jump in FTP will be bigger, which yeah. is also fun. That's true. Yeah. And in, in all honesty, like none of that stuff matters that much. Like I know my FTP has significantly declined from, you know, when it was probably at its what peak. What was your peak? Yeah. My peak was only about three. No, 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 no. That's always been a goal is to hit 300. Yeah. My peak is always, I think my max peak was somewhere like 283 or somewhere in that kind of range. Nice. So, I yeah. take issue with that though. You I think? do because I've ridden with you out at Vancouver, like when three. we used to do yeah. those Monday night rides. It's that was just, a good ten minutes out and a good ten minutes back. Granted, we would stop right. in the middle, but it might even be longer than that. But those are you and I were putting out some big numbers. Yes, that's true. And, and granted, those it's are, outdoor, outdoors versus those indoors. are outdoor watts. Yeah, yeah. and I I am a bad. I my numbers drop off pretty bad indoors compared to outdoors. Yeah, I mean I, that was the thing to. Yesterday when I was we riding with Cassie, that, yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" That's I why you were so hold surprised. Hold two hundred, and I go inside yeah. and I'm like, I "Can't hold two hundred for ten minutes? No way!" Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm gonna have to for an FTP test, but whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so I definitely think I have a big difference between indoor and outdoor wattage. I I I tend to try and kind of like call my FTP like my indoor specific whatever wattage yeah. this is for this specific workout, so that it's comparable year to year. What I could do is like find a hill that's 20 minutes long and have that be my, you know, yes. kind of. Are you still talking that'd be, to her? That'd be yeah. a bigger number. So bigger yeah. numbers, better numbers. Gotcha. Yeah, we could find a good. It's 20 what, minutes yeah. is tricky, but because um, like I like large or living. Large is really like it's so close for that. Well, it's it's not that bad because I've. I've probably I think time wise it. it's good, but but it's the style of the climb isn't great yeah. for a twenty think, minute test. Oregon large is perfect. Oh yeah, that's really. true. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. I cool. should do some I should yeah. do some working out. I should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm just happy to see you back riding. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fun. Cool. Evan, you had a day yesterday. I and you've had a week. I had a pretty boring weekend. Why don't you uh I got to I got to see you back out there? Yeah, it was fun. I got to see everybody here. Except for Lance. Lance was out gallivanting in Utah and Idaho on and location. having a blast. On location. Um, so this last week, we uh, basically spent all week preparing for the weekend, which was going to be our kind of COVID uh, tr dialed triathlon weekend. So what that consists of basically is we decided Frenchman's Bar, which is a beach um, on the Columbia River out here uh, in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, uh, was where we were going to do the race. We were going to race in the Columbia River 
we were going to bike um, along the road that Matt was just talking about, um, which is uh, basically a road between Vancouver Lake and Columbia River. It's this road that kind of snakes in between them and where we do a ton of time trialing out here. And then the run was going to be on the same course. Um, so on Saturday, we had a bunch of our juniors go out and, and race, which was really, in, in, in my opinion, the most fun part of the weekend. It was cool to see kids who have kind of had their, their race season taken from them get to go out there and, and go pretty hard. And we had some kids who, um, I think Natalie Moser's younger brother had never done a triathlon before, and he made it through the whole uh, sprint triathlon. Natalie made it through her whole triathlon, too. Maddie Wick go, went out there and killed it like she usually does. And um, Adam Raymond was part of the relay. So we had the kids do first, they did an individual race. And then after that, uh, Maddie had organized teams for a relay. So we did a relay right after that, which was, which was a lot of fun. The, the, the relay. Is that her was idea? Yeah. 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 It was her. She's it was a cool, her idea. she's a cool person. Oh, she's going to like, whatever she does in the future, whether it's like, you know, president, surgeon, of president of the United States, or Something. like the greatest community organizer ever. Cause she's very good at organizing. But, um, uh, we also had, uh, some guests from Corvallis, which was really cool. Oh. Um, a kid named, uh, Keller Norland and his, uh, younger brother, Alec were out there and, uh, Keller is a, is a stud in the, um, um, ITU draft legal, uh, racing and is somebody who races for strive, uh, triathlon right now and has been great friends with the Wick family for a long time. They came up from Corvallis and he's clearly very fast. He wasn't even training lately and threw down a crazy fast time. So fun to see fun to see the kids go out there and have a have a good time elijah angstrom was out there too um just killing it on the bike like he usually does and you know it was uh it was a lot of fun on saturday and thank god the the air quality cleared up we had said it had to be under 100 on saturday to race and it was like up till that evening before we're like oh god we're not sure and it dropped down like 23 on saturday it was really good which is great, yeah. yeah. And then Sunday it was it was clear. So on Sunday we had the the old people race. Um, the old people. The race. old people. Young people on Saturday. Old people on Sunday. But uh, same. What was, age, what was the age cutoff where you're like oh, I'm right cutoff. on the edge? You you, you you had to be fifty or older. Fifty to, to or race older? on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. F- fifty or older. You're disqualified. <laughs> I felt fifty at some you point. Felt, you felt yeah. fifty out there. I looked like yeah. I was fifty. Um. So me me and Josh Mondo were gonna do, um, a full Ironman on. Sunday and there was going to be Jeremiah Romero was going to do uh, an adjusted full Ironman so he did like a 2k swim a 100 mile bike and then a 10k run I think and then everybody else did a half Ironman seems like he ran longer than that maybe 10 miles 10 oh I think I think it was 10 miles you're right I think I I think it was 10 miles um he looked pretty strong out there yeah 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 Jeremiah had a great day um and then everybody else was going to do a half Ironman so it was great to for one, just have everybody out there together. And two, we ended up having a beautiful day. We really did. Um, we had two awesome kayakers, Ryan and Jen Cotton, who led everybody oh, who cool. was swimming, which was great because all of our GPSs were all over the place because with the current in the Columbia River, I I still can't tell when I'm swimming. This is going to sound so dumb. It's probably just because I'm not a super great river swimmer, but like I can't tell when I'm swimming up or down current. That's weird. All my time I can, but I like just can't. It's like some people are like, man, we were going like you know upstream it, so hard. I was you like, know what I it really is? Tell. It's like a vision issue. Yeah. Because I, I really can't tell. Yeah. Because um, most people are saying they can look at the ground yep. and tell. Yeah. Especially I can't in that, ever really see the ground. In that water, you're yeah. just looking and you're going nowhere. Yeah. Because you're swimming upstream and you're, 
if you're breathing or whatever, you're seeing like the same thing and you're like off in the distance. It's all yeah. this stuff off in the distance. And it's like, that's not moving. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically on a treadmill here and you're not seeing it. See, that's even better for me then. My, my, yeah, it is actually. my complete lack of depth perception helps me out there. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because it is, it's really disheartening. I and was, then, I was just following our kayaker, Jen, who was awesome. I was just yeah. standing on our tail and just following her, not thinking about it. And then when yeah. you get going with a current on your tail, it's uh-huh. like, you just feel like you're going, but it's like easy. it doesn't, yeah. well, it does well, I mean, it does feel easy. It feels like you're moving, but it doesn't feel like you're, it doesn't feel work. that fast. Like yeah. you don't feel like you're getting that huge benefit, even though you are. Yeah. So I think just, I just need to cover up my goggles so I can't yeah. see. Yeah. Cause, cause choppy water to me is, is much harder to swim into just because yeah. it's, it's, it's actually that surface level difficulty. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, we, we made it through, I think our, me and Josh's GPS were off a little bit, but Jen had us right on 4k. We came out at an hour just good to show that a ton of open water training actually makes you a decent open water. Were swimmer. you guys together? Yeah. Yeah. Me, me and Josh actually had it where every 500 meters we would switch poles. Oh, so wow. every 500 meters, That's one of helpful. us would come in the front. We were just basically, you know, circling each other there and paced each other came out of the water together. Um, got jumped on the bikes and we've been training at Vancouver Lake for a while. We knew what we needed to hit. And of course I go out and I'm like, throw the plan in the trash <laughs> And it's just race mode, and yeah. aver- I, my split for the half iron was two sixteen, which okay. was probably not smart going through a full, considering that the goal was four forty. Um, and it's close. just had to back off uh, a little bit towards the end, just to. You're just re- looking at your numbers. I didn't have or? a power meter, which we talked about. Oh. I need to have a power meter because I think I pushed very hard on the bike. Yeah, so. yeah, that's gonna be helpful. Probably you use your heart rate or anything. No, I just went by feel. Uh, I, I, I was looking at speed as my goal, and then clearly didn't even respect that. So see, I think yeah. that the, you know, I think one of the first, I don't do through, I don't do smart things very often. But like mm-hmm. when I bought a power meter for like my first Ironman, and just said, you know, and this was like hilly course, whatever. It's like I'm gonna hold you know, no more than this number, no less than this number. Yeah. And man, people what back, that was a long time ago. People didn't have as many power meters. Mm-hmm. You would hit these mountain climbs and people would just whip past you because they'll push 350 watts because they're climbing. Yeah. And I would just be like, nope, 190 or whatever it was. I don't remember yeah. what the number was. And so then you come down the hill and you're passing all those people and then you finish like 10 times better than all of those people that mm-hmm. passed you because they're, great. they're trashed, right? Yeah. After they're, yeah. I think a power meter is almost cheating. It's yeah. like, this is the right number for you to hit, hit this number and you'll be able to run decent after yeah. that. So, and you know, I mean, looking, there's going to be a lot of lessons that, that, that I take from tomorrow going into the full IM distance, but I've raised the 73 distance for so long that I was telling Cassie yeah. it's it's hard to take that mindset out of my brain of what the 73 feels like and it's right. hard to adjust that so I need that power meter in the sense that I have to then have a number to look at to adjust my effort but um it's uh, double whammy because you're out there by yourself with nothing to like exactly. key off of exactly but especially also- because I made I made the dumb decision to me and Josh should have just ridden together through most of it I was try- I went race mode and tried to drop him and yeah, at, you know at some point which we were both pushing a little bit too hard through the beginning and I looked at uh he had he had a flat at one point, so the numbers are adjusted a little bit, but his his wattage was too high for his goal and then we kinda tapered it down to what my pace would have been. We were like, Oh, it was not that far off four watts per kilo for an Ironman bike, which is kinda dumb. So that's you know. Well, yeah, I just think you could you could probably come up with a number that's pretty ideal for you. Yeah, I think three and a half is probably a more reasonable number instead of four watts per kilo. And you want to get off the bike ambitious. feeling like a million bucks. 
yeah, I did not. So that yeah. was, and then the the rest of the story goes as Matt and Jake got to see in full glory. glory. It was just <laughs> I get get off the bike and tell you what, if you, you you feel great in an Ironman run for like the first, and I'm sure anybody yeah. who's done this, I have so. Just prefacing, I have so much respect for anybody. I, I don't care if you finished in 1659.59. I have right. so much respect for anybody who's completed that distance. That day is a monster. It is an absolute monster. And there, you know, you, you get off the bike and for the first 5K, felt just great. Like, not that you could hold it forever, but felt like, oh it's, man. You're so happy to be off the bike. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're running and, you know, the pace is good. And you're like, here we go. This is, this is it. And then yeah. hit mile like four or five start slow down walking by six i was walking at the 10k mark which was not good (laughs) that's obviously a very poor overall race plan if you're walking at mile six i got some great drone footage oh right around mile six or something like that got the blow up a couple yeah and i was like um gonna land this drone yeah <laughs> yeah he's not gonna want to, he's not gonna want this footage there is, you, you know what i think i do i probably just need to play it on repeat on a youtube channel just each time i train now like rocky we, style we pull like, a pull a picture from it and have it blown up and put it yeah. on your treadmill there, doesn't lie lionel sanders in his uh in his, like in his garage has a picture of when patrick Langy passed him in kona and he put it right yeah. up in front of his treadmill he has no tv there he just has the picture of patrick Langy oh, passing and him it's in like kona. a wall in that picture <laughs> That's I mean, so he just Evan. stared at it. That is so yeah. you he right there. I'll have my picture of Lance right next to there and then that. But <laughs> but yeah, it was um it, there was a lot of lot of anger at myself there, but I am so lucky to have there are so many awesome people. Like Lauren Anderson bringing her cowbell with yeah, you. Know, you right? she, she was with Matt just She's like super cool. out there helping out. Carlos brought me fruit at one point. Yep. Like I mean, Debbie Stat staying with the bikes all day. Bob and yeah. Karen Rakaz were there too. I mean, just incredible people. But I think I walked from like mile six to eight. And then, I don't know, I took a good sip of Red Bull or something. Or I think it was right around the time Jake had probably convinced me to start running again. Um, started running and felt great for like, that was was Jake, like six or seven miles or something. Eight. It was eight miles. Yeah, you ran Bumps. well from eight to sixteen. Eight to and then sixteen. You, yeah, yeah that was interesting. Again. Well, and yeah. Jake gave me his headphones. I'm listening to my favorite songs and like feeling oh. just smooth again. Past Josh, and then at that point, I'm thinking, man, like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. cruise these last ten miles. And then lights went out really hard the second time. Like yeah. the second time the lights went out, it was a little different. And um. Yeah, because you were cramping. It was like hip flexor and your glutes and all those things were locking up the first time. And the next time it was like, nope. It was was like tunnel vision. It went from cramping to now the head got really light and started to just kind of fall apart mentally you think I that's think. you think that's calorie stuff fall apart and mentally um dehydration yeah, I mean, you started to rally you ate i yeah. gave you that uh stinger bar the stinger helped quite a waffle day. thing and then you drank yeah and, i don't know if you realize this but i gave you like a full bottle of scratch i think labs. i forgot even drinking now, it, that. Yeah. it was it was a half a serving so for yeah. the amount of fluid that was in there there was only one scoop yeah but i figured i'd bring it out there for you just in case you wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit and i knew just having it be half a scoop and you know scratch is usually pretty clean it's not going to give you any gi yeah. issues no the scratch did great for you, me especially when i started yeah, running you again finished a whole bottle of that and then i refilled with laura some water and you drank that as well mm-hmm. and you that's when you kind of started to rally i mean that was yeah. when you got to yeah. about mile I don't know, like nine, 10 maybe. And you really started to kick it up and mm-hmm. you were a little ways behind Josh on the run and you closed that gap and then you put a, a big chunk of time into him again. Yeah. And then you hit 16 and you're like, nope, I'm yeah. done with this. And then he yeah. came by you and, um, that's, I had to leave a little while after that, but you, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Had to bag it after. You weren't. Yeah. It was, and then looking all that great. <laughs> you know, I think Jake had made a good point. We were talking. I I needed to be better at eating on the bike. So yeah. I thought I was taking it enough on the bike, but I was taking it enough from what I'd done in previous training days, not realizing that those training days were 10 mile runs after, not 26. Yeah. So yeah, your bike is like this opportunity to eat, which is weird. That's what I needed to treat it as. And yep. then yeah. I treated it as an opportunity to race yesterday, not as an opportunity to get ready for the run was the problem. So yeah. hey, Evan, is- Evan, do you think that, uh, more of the meltdown had to do with uh, pacing on the bike than eating on the bike, just going too yeah. hard for just a little too long. I think I think you're right. Those, those yeah. first two hours, I averaged at almost 25 miles an hour, which if you're a seasoned pro, that's like standard, you know, but there's that that was a bit of a reach for me, I think. And even though it felt good for those two hours, just like you said there, Lance, I, having not raced a full Ironman before, I didn't realize how tough the war of attrition is at the end of that race yeah and you it's pay all survival those oh, last yeah. six miles are like absolute and you, survival and you pay for every hour that you overdid it previously yeah so yeah i yeah. think it's like it's not how fast you can go on the bike it's how fast you can go on the bike and eat yeah and like and you have yeah. to process those calories yeah like so if your gut isn't getting you know blood to it then yep. you're going too fast that which was, is a weird thing right like it it's is. not it seems like, well, I can bike faster. Yeah. It's like, and it's, well. and it's that, that, that balance. And clearly I did not strike that balance well, yesterday. Like it was, I, I, I was off and that's, you know, I mean, if you're walking by mile six on the run, like you, yeah. you did something wrong on the bike basically. And you know, or I, you had a bad day. I mean, yeah, I think, I think I just did not have a good day. There's, there's definitely things in my training I've got to look at. I kind of geared a lot of my training more towards the Olympic and 73 distance without respecting how hard the Ironman is, I think. And, um, yeah, it was basically came down to the end was Matt did everything in his power to try and motivate me. And Cassie was awesome all day. And Cassie was amazing. Oh, and just, just she, I just kept yeah. thinking like, she's not, she's there like every step of the way. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, she yeah. is just amazing. Oh, and I was probably a nightmare to be around that entire marathon. No, I'm you were sure. nice. I, I was like I was going around, nice, like biking yeah. around and doing other stuff. And Cassie was just like, boom, she was there. Yeah with all like drinks and food and everything that you needed and music. And I was like, man, she is a Johnny on the spot with oh, yeah. all this stuff. Oh yeah. We've, so we, that was cool. Th- this year we've done solo races, both of us and solo training days. So we both gotten very in tune with what the other person needs, when it's when the lights start to go out. Yeah. So it's, she was, she was worried. She was concerned. That was the most she said last night. She said, that's the most she's seen me go dark. Like yeah. we, we even talked about it. Everest was, nothing compared to that just just in like where yeah. i was mentally like mentally at everest I, I had a hard point right but that was yeah you looked rough to me at everest as yeah. well so yeah this was the, the this one hurt a lot more for some reason i'm yeah. not sure what was hurting it was everything and yeah. then you know at the at the bottom line is i think you know i look at josh's race and him able to hold almost eight minute pace for that entire run so steady is that what he did eight yeah minutes? i think uh, what was this 330 yeah, yeah, okay. some, somewhere in there. Josh just 100% just destroyed me in the mental battle of that race. I think jo- Josh has done that distance. He is, Josh has a very, very cool story behind him, which he's he's told before. He's it a is, tough person. Yeah. He, he is a tough, tough guy. I mean, there's there's toughness in triathlon, and then there's what Josh is, and Josh is another level of, of toughness that I think you see sometimes in the sport, but it's rare. And I have a whole new respect for the difference between racing an Olympic distance race hard right. and what an iron man is hard and an iron man is hard is you got to have some life experience there, there, there's like a point that comes in that race where i gave up and i think i could have 
made it. I was pretty close to passing out at one point, but yeah, I think you're just going to have a different experience next time you do it. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily ever describe it as giving up. I mean, I think when Cassie was like, yep, he's is not safe anymore. That's when yeah. we were like, pull the plug. Like it's not safe. Don't be stupid. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that seems yeah. smart. Yeah. It was, I, I, I was, and, and I'll get over this very, very quickly. It was, it, it was cool getting to see everybody like there were more positives from yesterday than negatives i did have it was where I, I was joking with john hoffman and cassie that they but i think you saw too much i i cried actually when i stopped which is weird i am not and this is i i, I never want to be the tough guy. I was like oh i never cried but I, that's not my no, so, my response ever to anything right. i don't i don't do that and it yeah. was very strange to stop and then have that just kind of like wash over you for a second so when i see people finishing iron man and cry at the finish i was like oh yeah 100 percent understand that that race is hard. Like, I think you're just crying because it's over. Like, <laughs> you're just, you're just so it's, happy. You're yeah. so happy. It's tired over. and overwhelmed, and it's yeah. a pretty. Um, Lance, did you ever get emotional at the at, at an Ironman finish line? Um. Yeah. Actually, for the last like five miles. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. It was it was hard not to cry during those last five miles, knew that knowing that I was about to finish. My the last Ironman I did, I I spent two and a half hours in the med tent getting IV bags. I was so destroyed. So yeah, yeah, that's, I've got a whole, I mean, I think you, you, you know, I, I level of respect for that distance just from what I thought it was. And after not finishing it and making it to mile 22, I now have a, that last four miles would have been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. If I tried to make it those last four miles, it, but here's the thing you could, the next one you do, you're going to be so much more motivated. Yeah. You're going to be so smarter. much more inspired. Yeah. You'll be smarter because you have experience, but also yeah. like, it may not be as bad. Yeah. It, you might look back and be like, well, it just was a different day and I felt fine. Yeah. So the way you train typically and the intensity, which you bring to training may make that distance your best distance. And yeah. you may actually finish feeling. I think decent. I'm actually built for the Ironman. Better I think than so too. Distances. So it's just, it was disappointing to you have had, a day like that. you had a bad day, yeah. which yeah. man, for someone that I think is built very much for Ironman, it's kind of you know, good to not, see your human. Nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the other thing to say about this too is, is doing this you basically did it solo i mean you and josh kind of did it together but without yeah. the the atmosphere of a race and spectators and a and a and a start and a big start event and a big event that you're at you don't that that is very motivating all that Absolutely. having all the spectators helping you get you to the finish line knowing that you're I can't stop at mile 22 because my yeah. my my wife and my at family the are, yeah. are at the finish line. <laughs> yep. I have to get there if I want to finish this. I have to. And so doing it solo like you guys did is significantly harder than yeah. doing an event, and which even, we don't have this year. And even with how good of a day, in my opinion, Josh had jo – Josh has gone 9-10 before. And in my opinion, right now after training with him like we have and crunching numbers and – you know, me, me and him training together, he's in sub nine shape. So I, I, I think you're right, do? Lance, as we were yesterday? talking, I think it was like 940 or something or 930, 940. Okay. something like that. He's, he is faster than that time. And I right. think yeah. that you're, you're right, Lance. It's, I don't think we realized how, I definitely didn't realize how long 112 is lonely trying to race. Like when you're yeah. solo, that is a long way to go Yeah. when you have nobody to kind of visually pace off of. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the pacing on the bike becomes so important because you go 15 minutes too fast on the bike, you give up an hour and a half on the run yeah. yep. or two hours on the run. That's true. 
You, yeah. you, you dial it back just 10 more minutes and you can run an hour faster. Mm-hmm. So you don't realize how much, it, you know, as soon as you start walking, the it's, it's over. Yeah. You're not racing anymore. You're, you're, you're Surviving. finishing. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can lose a lot of time in a mile walking it. That's for sure. Yeah. There's a big difference between a 730 mile and a 1530 mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even, you know, like you were talking about eight minute miles or whatever, but even like a nine minute mile is so much it's faster than fine compared to what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's weird because we all train for fast running and like seven mm-hmm. minute pace seems ridiculously slow. Yeah. And then you start thinking Ironman, it doesn't matter. No. It's just a matter of moving forward. Yeah. It's such a weird race. And it's, it, it, it was just disappointing for me knowing that I may not be in my best run Ironman. I, I realize now the difference between training for an Ironman run mm-hmm. and training just to be a fast runner. And I think this year I really focused on training to be a fast runner. Which is good. And yeah, which I think for long-term development is great. It's just I realized the training's got to be slightly different for and that Ironman and run. And I do think that being that fast makes seven minutes feel easy, yeah. which is great for Ironman. Mm-hmm. But, you know. When you, the lights go out, the lights go out. Well, yeah, out. that's yeah. just part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, though. I would, I love the community we have and all that. If I was to choose another Ironman course, even though it's the easiest one for us to do, I hope they never do an Ironman sponsored event at Vancouver Lake. That's torture to it's, try and go out there's there. There's not a lot of shade out there. There's not a lot of use. There's not a lot of use. Not, <laughs> not, 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 not a lot of beautiful, shade. Beautiful. A lot of dead raccoons. There's a beautiful. lot of dead raccoons <laughs> yeah. out there. <laughs> Look, there was a dead at deer at one point on the bike yeah. that I almost, you know, head down, you look up and there's like a deer head, like a inch yeah. away from your wheel. You're like, Oh, here we go. Yeah, so. Look at that asphalt. <laughs> look at it go. Yeah. A lot of good takeaways from that, Evan, even though you didn't finish. Were, yeah. A lot of good takeaways. And I think mm-hmm. that that's actually going to make you a stronger, more mm-hmm. well-prepared person athlete when you go out to do your next one. I hope and, so. And, and. Yeah. It didn't cost you 700 bucks to figure this out. That's true. <laughs> it's funny you said my, my mom's first comment today was she's like, well, at least you didn't pay 800 bucks to make it mile 22. I was like, Whatever yeah, that's a very was, good point. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that was, I I look back at my race career, I look at Saint, I, the race I did three years ago, St. George, laying on the ground, cramping, having to look at my training and coming to a real moment where I realized I need to take this more seriously. And then now looking at this, you know, one of two ways it can either be something that you look back at and that's the reason you quit the sport or the reason that you change something so that's how i'm gonna have to look at it cool yeah yeah but everybody was awesome out there you treated it just like a race but i mean it was just kind of more of like a dry run so i'm sure Mm -hmm. and and we kind of talked about this a little bit before there's a ton of value for people to go out and do a dry run for yeah this kind of stuff whether it be even like just down to a sprint just to get a good feel for it so you don't have the pressure or the financial investment Mm -hmm. in that so i I think this is a good thing that this is something that uh we're planning on doing for the team each year now which i think is awesome just to have the team come out no charge no pressure just come out and hey if this is a distance you want to do in a real race come out and do it in this team environment that's cool Yeah. yeah Yeah, I wanted to come out there sooner, but I just had. Oh, family you came stuff. out at the right. You came out at the right to Jake, yeah, yeah. Jake and Jake and Matt. I know it's like you, you, the time you guys came out was the, the the most important time for sure. The least pretty, but the most yeah. important time. But that was fun, and I'm sure that plenty of other teammates would want to do that. And a lot of teammates did show up oh, and, yeah. and help you out throughout the course lot, of the day. A lot but of people were there. David right. Goodman was there. He ran with you in flip flops. So Cassie has a awesome. great picture of David running in flip flops. Now, running's great. a strong word. I was hobbling at this point. <laughs> But David was such a chimp. I probably would have quit a mile and a half earlier if David wasn't there because he was like running from his car towards me. He's like, chase me. So I'm 
<laughs> hobbling yeah, after him. It was really, it was fun to see him for sure. Yeah, we talked about the tour a little bit. Cassie made me retite, recite some tour facts. So <laughs> you were, you, I was like, he's doing pretty well. Oh, I still I know every year that Lance Armstrong won the tour. Yeah. And I still know who was the first, or who was the last guy to win the yellow polka dot and white jersey in the and same And I was asking you about like random Marks. people, yeah. random triathletes, like how would this person do in Kona? Mm-hmm. And you were like, boom, nailed it. And oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, he's pretty good. He should keep going. Yeah. Rain man of endurance sports but over then, here. Yeah. Laying on the side of the road, and I'd still answer a good question yeah. like that. So. Well, and then I was just thinking like, but when Cassie was like, no, it's time to call it, I was like, get in the car. Yeah, yeah that was, and John Hoffman being the. He was right there. The was absolute, awesome. Carlos and John Hoffman being the two MVPs of the For end sure. when things got ugly. Because like Lance, you said, if that was a real race and I was out at aid station 22, and they're like, sorry, man, we don't have a gator here. I'd be like laying on the side of the road at that point, yep. hoping that. <laughs> yep. yep, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're okay. Cool. Yep. Well done. Oh, me, my turn. Yep. Should I go? Matt, you're staring <laughs> oh at me. <laughs> Backpedal. Uh, I rode on Zwift six times for 150 miles. Yay, me. Go 150 team. in place miles. <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. best miles. <laughs> A couple workouts you, in there. You ended exactly where you started. <laughs> pretty much yeah. right on Zwift. You well, no, I rode outside yesterday, and exactly um, beautiful day. That was fun. I was uh, kind of trying Slowest to get out ride there. Of <laughs> well, I flew out there. I think when I got to you, my average speed was like damn near twenty-two miles 22. an hour, and my normalized power was about three hundred watts. Just getting out there because I, I did. I, I wanted to be out there sooner. I wanted to yep. catch uh-huh. you on the bike, and I wanted to see some of that. And like, ah, I'm like trying to crunch numbers. I didn't know exactly what time you started at. I'm like, yeah, well, if you started at eight o'clock, then he's probably going this fast. He's going to be out there riding. Well, you, you probably it was about seven thirty start. I think is when we yeah, started. So yeah, so you started about half an hour earlier than I thought you did, and yeah. you went a hell of a lot faster than I was anticipating. So yeah. uh, you were obviously off the bike already when I got out there. Jake was Jake was there through the through the through the roughest part of it that is for sure. Well, my my average speed went from like 22 miles an hour when I was done with you was <laughs> to down four. It, it was about 11. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we were just kind of cruising along and I was chatting with Cassie and when you did kind of rally and come back, Cassie and I were just chatting. We weren't we were watching you but we weren't really paying attention. We we're just talking about stuff. We look up and you're like half mile through quarters of a mile off the road we're like and we're on bikes like you ran away from us and i'm like oh, i guess he's feeling better we should probably get up there and she's like yeah let's go so that was fun so uh it was with you for about an hour and at least yeah, hour and a half change probably. or something yeah. like that i don't know what it was and then mm-hmm. um i looked down at my watch i'm like whoa oh, need to get home I'm supposed to be going yep. to costco with a wife so yep. before they close so it was a, a hammer fest. costco date hammer yeah, exactly. fest going back home hammer fest getting back home did so. you get a crown i saw a crown on he, your he got two kowms uh, yeah. Where'd you get the KOM out there? Uh, is that McGilvery over there by Clark Oh, like, you got the McGilvery KOM? Yeah, there's some climb. Climbing back up to that. Um, yeah, I ride over that one all the time. What yeah. is that one called, Lance? You know what that, every KOM in your it's, neck of the... Uh, it's McLaughlin Climb. Yeah. Is that what it is, McLaughlin? The whole McLaughlin Climb. There's a McLaughlin Climb 1. There's McLaughlin Climb Part 2. Yeah, there's a bunch I think of I got the, the McLaughlin 1 and the, um, the whole climb as well. I just, I was feeling good, and I don't know, some guy was like going really slow up it and i saw him up there i'm like i wonder if i can pass him before he gets to the top (laughs) i i went i was going up that climb i went by him at about 21 and a half miles an hour and he went oh wow (laughs) so it was kind of funny 
that's always isn't there oh god i've seen some really funny memes about that it's like every time you see a guy on a commuter bike make sure you fly by him on your bike so you can get an oh wow (laughs) and then die off right after but outside of that uh just another standard week and i'm hoping the smoke isn't an issue because i I want to try and get in a few more good rides before we really get into bad weather yeah yeah we got screwed absolutely all right let's move on we're 47 minutes into this whole thing (laughs) we're gonna for once blame me for the really long backpedal this is not lance's fault lance had the best backpedal by far (laughs) hey how about a patreon little thingy here want to do a little patreon drawing drawing Um, for those who might be interested in becoming a patreon you can go to dialpodcast.com on the homepage there you will see a link to go to the uh, patreon page that we have set up and you can go in there and become a patreon help support the show and get little goodies and get entered into these drawings so um today we are going to be giving away a custom made face mask with cyclists on it and it was made by the one and only Kristen legrand these things Dr. are legrand Woo. these things are professional as a matter of fact they're better than some of the ones that my wife has been buying this thing is worth somewhere between a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> and half a mil, I would say. Half a mil. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a stunner. You yeah. will look fantastic. And you're getting it a steal for zero dollars yeah, here. It's well, got the little Patreon. ear adjusters on it. It's got the the bendable little nose piece on it. It's super comfortable. Um, that is my mask of choice, to be honest with you. I, oh. I wear it everywhere now. That so. and the buff. The dial buff, the buff is awesome. Yeah. The, well. the, the, so. the nose piece is by far the best part of that. It's yeah, so it's nice. it's that's been the one thing because I talk so much that you know oh, my yeah. jaw continues to knock down then, my mask. Yep. Yeah, so the the, yeah. the nose piece is a lifesaver. Clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a bunch of uh, Patreon names in this little jar thing. I'm gonna have Evan draw it this time. Yep. So it's this not is looking. the first drawing I think I've done. You should you yeah. should do more. Who do we got? Scott Troutman. Scott Troutman. That's a good one. There you go. At least it's a bike rider, you know. As long as it's a bike rider <laughs> yeah. who gets the bike mask. So Scott, when you uh, you hear this, you reach out, and we will make sure to get this uh, lovely little face mask over to you. Um, it's pretty awesome. So, thank you to all of our patrons. Stay tuned for the next announcement. We'll probably do another one of these in a couple of weeks. Um, prize to be different, to be determined. So, yeah. um, lead out news is: Hey, did Lance? Did Champ Bailey go with you on this little road trip? Did you toss <laughs> him in the van? Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey out. Champ Bailey is out. All is Lance out. gone? Oh, no. That's too bad. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. Oh, no, wait. Is he here? Champ? Wait. No, oh, no, there just, he is. I was <laughs> muting myself to for, for dramatic effect. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it did not. <laughs> I was I was responding and I forgot that I was on mute. So. Like, no, they're donating yes. up on me. <laughs> Champ Bailey is here. He is here in the van with me. He is all brown and wearing a collar and only 50 pounds heavy. Oh, wow. Right, Piper? Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> yes, we did have um, some big drama this week. I'm sure that all these cyclists who listen to this will already know all the stuff that happened at the Tour de France. It was a fantastic race the whole race ended up being great um it all ended up coming down to the time trial on day 20 of 21 where where pogacha and i think i'm finally saying it right thank you his friends call him pogacar Pogacha managed to uh, overcome the 57-second deficit that he had behind Roglic, and he beat him by a full minute. It was so dramatic to watch. It was so – it was, like, just great racing. 
so much drama. What did you say? Strange. Strange. Uh, <laughs> it, might, it might be strange. It was a little strange, but yeah, it was. It was pretty amazing that um, how that all went down, and uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Is it? It, it kind of made you speechless to see it what did. was happening and what was Definitely. going down, and so to see that all happen was. Just... I think the the the, the gut reaction, champ. Would you agree? Is this in the modern era maybe the greatest tour ever? May be the greatest tour ever. You you well, have that to compare sounds it, like something that Evan would say. You but, have to compare um, <laughs> it to 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 Fignon versus Lamont, but I hate Greg Lamont, so we're gonna say that this is the. I in my opinion, this was the greatest tour of the modern era. It was the best time now, trial. Now we need to show sure. some love to Lamont. Yeah, we he's no, we the don't. only other <laughs> American. Uh, he's the only other American uh, tour winner. So, oh, did he? I'm sorry, I've, <laughs> I, I forgot. I forgot over the, the seven somebody else won. But did anybody else feel this way? Like you felt bad for Roglic? Yes, I like. Absolutely. I, I wanted him to win, but I. I so enjoyed the entertainment yeah. value of that race, and just to watch that, to say that you watched that was like yeah. spectacular. But I just, it was it was so because simultaneously you're like. Watching Pogacar, you're like you want him to just keep on going because yeah. he's incredible. But then you're watching Roglic and like I know he looked rough, but he yeah. still got like fourth on the stage, which fifth. should have been. But yeah, a fifth. I mean, still great. that should be enough yeah. for him to win, right? Yeah, you shouldn't fourth or sorry fifth place should not be. Uh, you know, a death a sentence 50, to your yellow. 50 yeah. cent, you know, fifty seconds. You well, know, in I a mean, time trial. I would I think, think that would be Pogacar won this stage by almost. Two minutes, two and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was ridiculous. Strange. I mean, he smoked Tom DeMoulin. Like, yeah. yeah, that was. Tommy D looked good. I mean, he had the he, wow when Tommy he came D. over. Woot. He had the fastest. Well, he beat Woot, <laughs> but Wow was what I, uh, was he in the top four or five? Did he beat Woot? Was like fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah. fifth. Yeah. So, Jumbo Visma was monstrous, but yeah, Pogaccia. Oh my gosh, that guy it was, it was just incredible. Yeah, also, did everybody get to see the bike switches? Yeah, I was talking about this. Watching the mechanic, like oh, yeah, that poor guy who's got to make that. Can you imagine how stressed that guy is in those moments? Well, oh my they never said anything about it, but Roglic went over that five second threshold that they were supposed to be at. They counted seven really? seconds off on that. And yeah. I was watching that, counting it when I was uh, like watching it on my phone when I was driving up to uh -huh. Tacoma. To is that a penalty? <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a time oh. penalty if you went over because you you can have it, you can have the push, but you only get the push assist for five seconds. Oh. He was Roglic pushing it was for a long time. Seven seconds. Interesting. Yeah. Nobody ever it said anything about it. It looked like the mechanic struggled to get his bike off the car just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just was slow to get. The, it wasn't it was like quite as smooth. Well, but. It, it, it also wasn't entirely his fault. This is really getting into the details here, yeah, but yeah. he gets out of the car and the car doesn't stop so he had to like catch himself yeah. and then yeah. run back up to the car real quick and get the bike so like the poor mechanic was already like kind of disoriented coming out of the car Roglic was having a hard time clipping in and there was just yeah. it was just not tossed cleaned. a $15,000 bike on the ground doesn't yeah. matter though because he got smoked that um, yeah. arrow Wouldn't helmet matter. he was Nothing the way he was wearing that arrow helmet yeah. looked off to me awkward yep he well he was just off. yeah it was pushed back on his head and he just looked uncomfortable yeah. he did could you, that's the best way to put it yeah could you imagine what was going through his head as he is hearing these time splits come Terror. to him over his yeah. i mean he's losing time now pogaccia is even with him now pogaccia has pulled ahead of him and he is probably going as hard as he possibly can and, and just can't yeah. pull yeah. it together. Oh my god. You know, gosh. so so on on the move, Lance Armstrong was talking about the year that Jan Ulrich um, had previously beaten him. I think it was two thousand three. 
I could be wrong on the year, um, had previously beaten him in a time trial by six seconds in the tour. The second time trial, Lance has a gap on Jan in the yellow jersey battle, but Ulrich was taking back about a second or two per kilometer. That's what... Wow. Per kilometer. Yeah. This yeah. is the year that it was raining and Jan crashed into the corner, which is... If you want to see one of the saddest moments in cycling, it really was Jan Ulrich crashing there. Um, yeah. And then I believe he crashed again on that stage. It was his true chance to beat Lance yeah. and was maybe going to do it. And Lance was talking about getting those feeds into his... And Helmet, the, yeah. the description he gave it... And imagine Lance Armstrong. I mean, we're talking about literally a sociopath of confidence was saying he was terrified, was the emotion. It wasn't anger, sadness. It was terror. And that's yeah. what I imagine Roglic was going through was it's, yeah. it's terror. Yeah. But what a sportsman when it was all said yeah. and done. Oh, yeah. He was sitting yep. there like like he was beside himself. But you know what? He's like, I got to get up. I got to pull myself together. Mm-hmm. I got to walk over and I have to congratulate him because that yeah. was That's yeah. a hard an moment. effort for the ages. And he did. He walked over there, congratulated them, and they seem like they're they're good friends. Con- and that country was countrymen and friends. Exactly. Yeah. So that cool. was that was pretty cool to see. So I have great respect yeah. for Roglic now. He's a Ro- good dude. Roglic is going to be back next year. Oh yeah, he's going to be back next year. Bernal's going to be back with a vengeance next year. Yep. We're going to have next year's tour is going to be insane it absolutely can, can insane a couple steps back here and just say like this was a great tour one mm-hmm. they made yep. it through three weeks during like this covid, COVID yeah. nightmare the green jersey was an exciting battle to watch oh my gosh like yeah, a very yeah. exciting yeah. battle it was all around just a great tour and there were just great break there were other riders that made this a great like sunweb and their young Sunweb, team absolutely they I were mean, one of the best teams of the tour yeah. who would have said that before going into that didn't exactly. expect that yeah no i mean you you had Great breakaway battles. You there this this tour, in my opinion, all around when you look at the whole picture was the best tour yeah. of the modern era. Yeah. Some of these bigger teams that have a lot of big names, I if there was a little bit more shuffling just to create a little bit more parity within all of these teams, mm-hmm. there are some big names that could be G C people that could go over to some of these smaller teams and be supported. Sep, Tom, Korschwick. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like Sunweb yeah. or EF or, you know, just there's a three or four teams that would. Indios could take a couple of their riders off to other teams. Yeah. Richie yeah. is, so I had completely forgotten this. Oh, yeah. He's, Richie's leaving track and going to Indios. Yep. And has said. Indios, that's right. After this tour, he made the podium. Another guy we just completely, for, I mean, really the true underdog story of that was. We, yeah. you know, I don't think we even mentioned him on our no, preview. God. Yeah. And I Which mean, is sad because we've always talked about him in previous years. what a years. moment for him. We I mean, that's. expecting yeah. him to finish stage nine though. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. And that th- th- this guy has right. struggled his entire career. Anybody who's watched Richie in the tour, it's heartbreaking to watch him year after yeah. year. Yeah. And to see him in that last time trial. Um, Crush it. Yeah. And his, and his sportive director was talking about how Richie was getting emotional in the last like kilometer. Yeah. Because he was yelling over the announcement. He's like, you did it. You're, you're on the po- Like, you did it. You're on the podium. And he was just like, kept on yelling that over the, the speaker. And you can just imagine how emotional Richie oh, yeah. was after that. That's- yeah. And knowing that he's got a brand new daughter at home when he's yep. done with this whole thing, gets to meet her. And yeah, yep. there's a lot of emotion there. Where's What's Ineos going to do with him? It's going to be a super domestique. Inch- I mean, you, you think you oh, yeah. look at that. I know now he says I'm ready to go into that domestique role. Really? Let's be honest. If he co- so Ineos is going to have to look at their young guys. So they're going to have to look at Bernal. They're going to have to look at Sivakov. They're going to have to look at those guys in next year's tour. They're going to have to say, okay, this year, yes, in the future, Bernal and Sivakov are the future. This year is Richie still strong enough and is G strong enough to be our our horses. And Richie just came off a podium in the tour. I know, right? Yes, like, he's old and him? towards the back of his career, but 
I think it's easy when you're 35, 36 to say right after the tour, be like, oh, I'm good, I'm done. Wait till next season comes around. If Richie's in good Very shape deal. again, he's he's going to be their leader. There's questions as to what was wrong with Bernal. Was he carrying over a back injury? Because we had talked yeah. about him quitting, uh, was it the Dauphiné? The Dauphiné. Yeah. Dauphiné. Yeah. So he potentially could have had back yeah. issues. Maybe overtraining, overtraining. Peaked a little too early, yeah. <laughs> that team had a lot of young people on there. Yep. They didn't have their their normal Experience, yeah. experienced people. So lack of mentorship, a mm-hmm. lack of like kind of taming things down a little bit. I, I don't know. I think if he gets some of that stuff sorted out, he's going to come back next year. And if he yeah. had the likes of a, a Richie, that could be, or G, mm-hmm. that could be the thing where maybe they go into it as another double-headed monster kind of a scenario. And yeah. like whoever's you know got the best time or whoever's looking to be like the number one guy then that's who they could support so if he falters mm-hmm. again then maybe richie's there to be that guy right, right. it worked well, i think it worked it'll be interesting to see on the tour of italy or the tour of spain if you know when they've yep. got Froome and geron yeah. back uh if it if they're a little more dominant or more in control than they were during this tour yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's gonna be does anybody know what when does I know this next weekend's the world championship. When does right. the Giro and the Vuelta like start? Right after run? that, I thought. Are they running simultaneously? No. No, I think the world championships like this week and then the next if there were something. only electronic devices that we could look yeah. these things up on. I know we'll look we'll it up. Look up. <laughs> I should look it up before it's just I think we were all so enthralled with a tour that it's I love the Giro and Volta, but it is fine. I feel like I mean, we're all going to watch the Giro and Volta, but that was these teams had to put a lot into the tour this year, and oh, yeah. now it's, I mean, you're getting That's like over. boom, boom, right going into the next so, one. So let me ask you a question: Do you think the Mike wheels are going to kind of fall <laughs> off there? Do you think we're going to have like some COVID issues? Do you think that there's going to be more uh, yeah. drama around these races? At than the there were Giro, the- there's always drama. So yes, I'm sure the Giro, <laughs> the Giro will have. They're going to probably start that, and I'm sure one of the teams is going to have, like, all eight riders test positive or something. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a great and tour. Numbers are spiking in Numbers Europe, Numbers are spiking too. in Italy and Spain specifically. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's- hey, champ, anything else from the tour that you'd like to chime in on? Uh, nope. I think we have uh, talked too much. <laughs> uh, we should switch over to well, triathlon. We'll, real quick uh, race update from champ's buddy, John Elway. Same team, right? Right. Was that the same? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was. No, it'd be like Jake the Snake was Champ Bailey era, right? Jake Plummer. Right. We'll go Jake okay. Plummer. Okay. So Jake Plummer's reporting. Jake uh, Plummer. <laughs> so at Bear Lake in Idaho. Tim Tebow. Idaho. You t- <laughs> Tim Tebow. Yeah, we'll go Tim Tebow reporting. The Tebow report. The Tebow report. <laughs> oh, my God. So anytime we do triathlon, we'll do triathlon Tebow over here. So uh, now Lance, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Bear Lake is on the border of Idaho and Utah, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so so there was a race, uh, a professional triathlon race sponsored by PTO, which is the Professional Triathlon Organization, um, at Bear Lake. It's called the Bear Lake Brawl, and the Half Iron Distance was the race for the pros. Uh, there was um, some drama before. It was a lot of uh, uh, jawing back and forth, which I think that PTO is trying to drum up now uh, between kind of Sam Long and the rest of the field. Uh what is it? People are like kind of pick on Sam. Long. I kind of love the kid. I think he's awesome. I I hate him and love him at the same time. Yeah, he's yeah, easy yeah. to be annoyed by, but he right. he to me, he he's that guy that is he's not cocky. He's just very direct in how he talks. He doesn't filter himself at all. I think what's annoying is that he gave himself the nickname the Big Unit. 
Oh, he gives himself a ton of nick. He's he's it's annoying. Like, he's incredibly annoying. That's, yeah, it's like okay, but, but I he's don't that, know. <laughs> but but he's that guy that, from what I've heard, people who know him say he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. it's like people, people who know him think he's a good guy. His his persona is a little bit off putting, but he uh, got called out by a lot of pros. And I'll and I'll even be direct. Ben Canute sat there and trash talked him. Yeah, and said, you know, oh, you can tra- talk online, but when brass tax comes, you know, we'll see how he does. Ben got his butt absolutely handed to him by Sam Long. Right. A hundred percent. Now, it was a cold race. Ben's right. a little guy. Sam's a big guy. Yeah, whatever. This is Sam Long went out there and dominated this race. Yeah. Like, did did they do it like time trial style or? Yeah. How did they yeah. Do yeah. It? Yeah. They did. They, they they did a time trial start for the pros. So the the podium ended up being Sam Long, Matt Hansen, um, and then Justin Metzler wasn't there. Great race from Justin Metzler. Yeah. That was an awesome race from Justin Metzler. Like I raced Justin Metzler way back when, and I, I mean to watch his progression has been cool because, and this is not me insulting Justin. Justin's not a massively talented triathlete. He has been a hard. slow, steady progression his entire I career. I thought he was done. He he's uh, obviously he's, not. He's been just slowly getting better and better. He's just quietly getting better and better. But that was uh, the uh, the podium after a lot of trash talk. Um, the women's race. Me and Cassie were trying to track the women's race. To be honest, I didn't know a lot of the women right. pros in That's the race. Exactly how I, felt I really too. did not know yeah. many. Um, the woman who won, I know, is like a very good runner. I am now blanking on her name. Sky Monch was second. Who Sky is awesome. Uh, she raced Boulder seventy three and is awesome. But um, yeah, that that was all I got from the women's. Do race. we think we're gonna get more races from the PTO? Yeah. Is this like their? This thing? is gonna be the new thing. This is I I think PTO is gonna start sponsoring pro fields at already established races and, and putting wanna, on their own races. And they want to put out prize money. So stuff. So they're not going to open it to the public. You think it's just going to be pros? I think so. And then I think triathlon Tebow is going to have a lot more reporting from PTO races for sure. <laughs> How are you feeling about PTO? I have a bad taste in my mouth from them, and I don't know why. I should be all on board for them because they're here's what I think is promoting our sport. So P- I should be PTO. I think over time is going to try and weed out the mid backpack pros so that they can build a. Uh, a core centralized group of pros that they can pay and get them to big races and trump up the marketing, which to me, if I get kicked out the back of the pro field and I'm no longer a pro, I'm fine with that. As long as these guys get the support and pay that they need to get to maintain the sport, you know? So I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. The only thing I don't like about it is I think triathlon is at its core, a sport that promotes kind of grittiness yeah, and I think when you get to t- pampering professional athletes, you end up with what we have in some major sports, mm-hmm. which are kind of spoiled athletes. And I don't, I think triathlon's been the opposite of that for its entire. It's kind of like cycling, like cycling pros to me are like gritty pro. You know, it's like there's something about that lifestyle. It's like Phil Guyman's book, like what what is it? Pro cycling off a dollar a day or whatever. Yeah. It's like that's a pro. Ten dollars a day. Ten dollars a day. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit more than a dollar a day. <laughs> but but you know, it's like I think that's kind of that romantic bit from professionals like matt's talked about running kind of the same way you're, yep. you know pro runners just like living in their cars in boulder running yep. the track like that's what i liked about triathlon pro i hope that it doesn't lose that that grittiness but yeah. who knows i'd probably sound you need that like struggling artist feel you do to yeah. the sport to get and behind I think you if you have that intro professional and you don't mm-hmm. really count because you have like a real job but like the yeah. the other pro triathletes that are like scraping by to make it mm-hmm. like that's that's admirable in a weird way and it's that's kind of why cool. i like sam even though yeah. you know i mean sam, yeah you know sam sam's got other qualities that people don't like about him, but i kind of like that bit about him yeah he's very unpolished yeah there there are other athletes that i feel like i really like and they're scraping by yeah you know 
anyway. or working their butts off trying their best. Yep. So, sure. Yeah. But, but yeah. nobody cares because this is a swimming podcast. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a swimming <laughs> podcast. My bad. We should have just talked about the swim leg the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got one more thing to add to mm-hmm. the, the little lead out news thing here. Yeah. Our good friend, Robert Cummings. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. I saw that. I completely forgot that. They did a, an Eversting attempt. And that attempt went extremely well because they Very well. finished that thing in nine hours and 34 minutes. 9.34. Why? Yeah, that's what the elapsed time is on, on the Strava the Post. same I exact think. road that me and Tonk did it. That's yeah. so awesome. Got you by about an hour and a half? About ish. an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. An hour and 20. That is yeah. crazy fast. <laughs> that is. Wow. Yeah. So. That's Impressive just like, performance. Congratulations, Robert. You Congrats, are Robert. Robert's flying up stud, the hill and so. flying down the hill. Yeah. I need to yeah. look back at it and see what their top speed was descending. Uh, 59.3. Average speed for the whole thing was 12 miles an hour. I wonder hour. if Robert was super tucking the whole time. Average heart rate was 148. Wow. Um, average power for the ride was 226. Yeah, the power with, was crazy. With a max wattage of 223. Or I'm sorry, weighted, 623. Weighted was like 240, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, quite the event. The Forest yeah. Home has seen a lot of cyclists riding up and down and all around oh that thing. And it's I wonder funny if, now. Uh, it's I think Robert's little... now the local legend on yeah, Forest Home, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Robert's cool. keeping that local legend for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Cool. All right, let's jump into our topic because we've got about three minutes to talk about it, right? Yeah, yep. we, we can move through it quick. <laughs> um, so this one comes in to us from our listener, Sean Henry. Thank you, Sean. We uh, had some other things that we're going to can for later on because these were just well thought out and intelligent questions he, but I can't pass always, it up yeah he always yeah. provides good feedback on the podcast so. as well as good questions Juan, Sean's just like way smarter than us too so we just you know <laughs> I just try to like listen to what Sean's questions are I was like how would you respond to that Sean and then yeah. I just yeah. try to respond that way exactly. I want him to come on the podcast so Definitely. please it's been asked, think about so it maybe, so bring maybe, yeah, maybe we need Bert on here Cool. So we've got we've got the primary question, then there's some sub questions to it. So let's just start with the primary question, and that question is, what do the wins by Pochacar, not Pochacar, Pogacha, I've been the one that's been <laughs> Pogacha and Bernal. What do those wins say about the value of youth versus experience when it comes to mm. racing? So what are your guys' thoughts on that? You've got Pogaccia, whose birthday is today, as we record. 22. 22 years old today. And Bernal won it last year when he He was was 22. 22. 22. is the youngest since 1904, I believe. It was, yeah, early in the It was like the second Tour de France, I believe. So um, very, very young guys Mm -hmm. who came out and they won this without a lot of experience. I think it was Pogaccia's first tour. Yes. Was it his first? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and Bernal, it was his second, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of experience. And you've mm-hmm. got two guys that came out and, well, Pogaccia, I think, just absolutely like decimated everybody in that yeah. time trial. And he, yeah. what would have happened if he had not had that mechanical? How different of a race would we have had well, if he didn't have that mechanical on, on stage? 45 seconds. I mean, that's yeah. what it was. But, so yeah. it yeah. would have been a different race because he would have been in yellow potentially a little bit longer. Roglic but, would yeah. have had to be the aggressor. Yeah. So it could yeah. have made things a little yeah. bit different. Would have but been, it might have been a more interesting race, actually. In I, it, it, it could yeah. have been even more I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like almost a foregone conclusion that Jumbo Wiesman Roglic were going to be the victors here. And yeah. you know, Pogaccia, though, we, we've talked about it a few times as well, was mm-hmm. just clawing back, clawing back yep. and, and doing what he could to, to close Such up those time gaps. Awesome. Race, so, God, it's just and, and the know, stages were great set up too. Yeah, like good on the my, tour for coming up with great stages. What's up, Lance? 
my my take on it is that is clearly Pogacha has some kind of superior physiology. Okay, yes. either he he's strange. got it's some kind strange. of VO2 or or something strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, one of the knocks on him was he's extremely light, right? Mm-hmm. And right. he's like he's just a pure climber, and height, we yeah. I think he, we even talked about that. Like he's probably not going to be a good GC guy because he's too light. He's just yeah. a climber. Like he's this one trick pony. But, but the that's more not the case, the more I looked at him, he may be light, but look at his legs. He's he's got time trials okay. legs. Like if you but, really look at that guy's physique, you know. But what if yeah. it wasn't an uphill time trial? What if it was a flatter, normal, I still more typical? Think he would have gotten it because he was actually putting a no. time into Roglic on the flats. Yeah, he was. He it he, looked it kind of looked he, like he had like he, researched the course he, better. He yeah. Beat, he, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. He beat Roglic in the Slovenian national time trial. He did. Yeah, which was, was a right. short time course. trial. Yep. It was a short. It was time only trial. he call. only beat him by like nine seconds or something. But, but it was, he did it was beat short. Him. Yeah. So I think what this shows is um, historically the the adage has been to win the tour. You 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 need to have experience under you. You you need to be older. You need to have gotten your battle scars i that's not true i I, yeah i kind of agree with you lance is actually i think what we're seeing is that kind of a throwing all caution to the wind and just racing the tour without fear you know like a young dumb idiot does ignorance is bliss ignorance is bliss yeah absolutely. unless you're racing an iron man and then it's definitely not but (laughs) you know i think in 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 the tour you're looking at a guy like pogacha lance i completely agree with you i think when we look back to um so I know Jan Bernil talked about something that made Lance Armstrong amazing was not his VO2 max. His VO2 max was very normal for elite level cyclist. Lance? Yeah. No. He had like an 86, which, well, so, so we're talking about there have been Norwegian cyclists that are in the low 90s. He's got one of the highest recorded VO2 maxes on record, doesn't he? I think LeMond no. has a, no. bigger, a higher Le, VO2 Le Mans, max. LeMond, Doran. Like uh, yeah, all those guys were all, okay. all, higher. All those guys of that era were higher than Lance. So Lance was average for the elite of that, okay. of, of, of that right. group, of the most elite. If you look at all the pros, yes. Of or course, like, like, or a like average for a tour winner. For like, a tour winner, yeah, yeah. He was in range for what, sure. What made Lance different was his lactate threshold recovery. So the guy's ability to reproduce three-minute efforts over and over and over again was otherworldly. I think when you look at Pogacha, I bet he has a very similar physiology in the sense that to win the tour, what I'm realizing is, I mean, like, obviously you need, like, your ticket into the party, which is your VO2 max. Yeah. You need your ticket into the party, which is massive volume underneath you. But I think that little bit that separates a guy like Roglic and Pogacha from maybe a Quintana is the ability to lactate threshold recovery okay. at another Can level. Can we press pause on this? Because I totally forgot about this until you said Quintana's name. Did yeah. you hear the news that came out this morning? No. His room no. was raided by the French police. Oh, my gosh. Um, no. On Sunday, or it was over the weekend. What? And it was him and, and like his brother. His brother? Or yeah. yeah they, oh, no. It, it's all still pending. They have not released what? any information. But he was he was raided. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the entire team. It was specifically it was him. Oh, Did you guys read no. about this? Two arrested. No. Oh, Colombia oh. can't take who, that. Who was who was arrested? He's a hero in Colombia. They know. cannot take that. Oh, I totally forgot about that until You're right like, now. Champ Bailey, where's Champ Bailey? Champ, <laughs> Champ, what Champ happened? On vacation. <laughs> Champ already left the RV. He's out the- <laughs> Gotcha. Dude. So. More more news to come on that later. We'll, just more, if we get any updates on this uh, while we're doing the podcast, we'll chime out there. But well, anyway, going well, back to what you were saying. One ahead. of the most relatable things I saw recently is they were talking about why cyclists, why middle-aged cyclists love uh, the Tour de France is they said it's the bachelor for cyclists. 
they're like the the Tour de France is the most drama filled three weeks in, in in the sporting calendar, and they're like it's just the Bachelor for three weeks, basically. That's funny. You know, talk oh, about that drama. Is crazy. You know, Roglic or Roglic and Bernal had all the pressure going into this. They, they, they oh, yeah. were the two favorites, so all the stress and and that comes from having all that pressure to perform. And Pogaccia had none of it. He was just, no. this is my first tour. Whatever happens, happens. I'm here for, for Fabio Aru, who crashed out early. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm not even here for me. I'm here <laughs> yeah. for him, you know? Was, so Oh, this is a seriously dumb question. Was Pogaccia actually not the, the one jersey? No. no. He was he not. He was not the one jersey. <laughs> Wait. No, I think Egan Was Bernal it Fabio? Was. No, for Bernal was UAE. Oh, no, no. For, for, no, for, oh, for UAE. For was UAE. it Fabio? Oh, I think wow. he was going to be their their GC guy. Is that the greatest misallocation in Tour de France leadership in com in like the last few years? Well, who, I could be wrong snow? about the I mean, number. I know, but yeah. like, I mean, you're, you're going from Fabio Aru's performance to Bocaccia, and it the team had decided like Fabio Aru was going to be the leader. <laughs> it seems like a pretty consistent thing now that you kind of go into it with yeah. like a plan A and a plan B, or you've got two people that could potentially be your guy, and like, yeah. all right, whoever's going to be the guy, then we'll support yeah. him, but. What a tour for UAE. Going into this tour, I'm sure they were like, oh, God. this is, You know, we're just going to mark this year off. Sure, Fabio, you want you want the leadership? Okay, I'll just give it to him. We'll get a top 15 out of it, maybe. Won the first we'll stage. We'll call it a day. Won the last stage. <laughs> yeah, and a couple in between. Won. So They had one heck of a tour. I yeah, mean, especially fantastic. for... Well, they had three guys drop out, right? So let's get back to the question at hand, though. Yeah. Uh, what What is your guys' thoughts on youth versus experience? Where If you had to go out and design a team you had a, a budget and you're going to put something together where, mm-hmm. you, how many eggs are you going to put in which basket, which, which direction are you going to go? Are you going to go more with experience? You're going to go more with that youth play. I think Lance now to right way. My GC guy, I want him to be pretty close. If not just before his, what would be considered his prime of his career. Uh huh. So, but you're, but you're always guessing about who that is. You are. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you definitely are. But then on that same team, I want one or two G's. I need a G and I need, you know, like a Jans Voigt. I need, I need two road yeah. captains on that team. I need guys that can kind of corral the young guys. Yep. Because that's what Ineos didn't have this year. Exactly. And that was going to be my my play on this question as well. Mm-hmm. Is like you need to have mentorship. You can have that youth, mm-hmm. but you need mentorship. I mean, yeah. what if what if Garant was there and he was you know, in good form and he was able to keep up yeah. how would things have played out differently? Would the tactics have played out differently? Would he have shepherded um, Bernal a little bit differently than the way that he was managed? And could that have played out differently? Well, to answer that question is look at the year before mm-hmm. that. I mean, not to say that it was, had been perfect because if he did have a back injury and that was really what thwarted his abilities here, I mean, I can't say that it was right. or wasn't, but that, I don't know. I just think that that mentorship yeah. is absolutely critical. Like if and, you have a, a team made up of all young people without, you know, someone that's been there and, and kind of can like, you know, shepherd them through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just not going to end well, generally. You know, and looking at, so uh, when Pogaccio was in the last selection for a lot of these mountain stages, uh, quite a few times, the, the last guy with him was David De La Cruz, mm-hmm. who has ridden for Edix Quidstep, uh, now rides for UAE. He's 31 years old, yep. is a grizzled mountain rider. I mean, a great climber. Sure. And you you look at how UAE structured their team this year was talented Rolliers, uh, Fabio um, Pogaccia, and David De La Cruz. Sure. So you look at that, Fabio, you, you swung and missed on Aru, Aru's gone. Yep. But then you have your really talented, 
talented young guy who all of a sudden is having a great race. And like you said, Lance is maybe not even stressed about. So you're like, you know, he's he's just going to be at the front doing everything he can, attacking each day without yeah. thinking about the next days. But you have David De La Cruz with him in those last selections to make sure maybe in moments. I mean, Pogaccio seemed like a cool, cool cucumber and was smart. But we don't know. Maybe there were moments where Pogaccio's like, I'm going to attack now. And yeah. De La Cruz holds him and is like, no, 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 you, we follow Visma. We do, you know, you're, yep. you're not going to break away from Tommy D and Sep right now. Yep. So we let them control the pace. This is like complete guessing, right? Oh, like we yeah. have no yeah, idea. Absolutely. I absolutely. feel like Ineos has people on their team, but it's hard to know who are leaders that are willing to be like, no, don't attack now. Yeah. Or Who's if they're, or if they're experienced riders, and they're just quiet and they're just like, well, I don't know, like, you know, so they have uh Kwiatkowski on Ineos. He's been on that team oh, yeah. for like five or six a years. Yeah. yeah. Is he, a, is he a leader? I don't know. That's true. We really don't. I mean, he's one of the right. fastest cyclists Is he in the telling, world, we don't is, know. would yeah. he tell Bernal like not, to, you know, not today. Today is not the day you need to chill out. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. And we don't, I don't think we know unless you're on the team and you kind of see the team dynamics and you see who's a good team leader. We would think Garen Thomas would be like a big leader, but yeah, probably yeah. he would seem like he would be pretty. So the second, right. the second question here, let's, let's better define what basically constitutes youth versus sure. experience. So yep. the, the question being is, when do humans reach their physical and mental peaks? 26 or 27 Agreed. for these, these tour riders. How, yep. 51. How, how old am I? 30, 30. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, like you hear a 30-year-old rider and you start to think, okay, well, he's older, you know, when you're talking about tour riders. Yeah. And when you hear 24, you're like, that's a younger rider. But it's yeah. that, that sweet spot is like 26, 27, kind of um, late 20s where you have experience and you have theoretically, you're still, you know, you still have a lot of power and uh, capability to sprint and yeah. you have those fast twitch muscle fibers. Yep. I think you see that across a lot of sports, football, yeah. Yeah. baseball, basketball. I, I mean, you're going to see that because you've got a little bit of that seasoning You've st- you're hitting your your max your peak for your strength. Um, that's right. when your mm-hmm. testosterone levels are really peaking, mm-hmm. and you still have the ability to recover. Well, yeah. I think your testosterone is probably peaking even younger than that, probably eighteen to twenty two. Uh, while well, yeah. but you don't have the you're experience. reaping the max benefits of, right. of the years that you were training exactly. and having. Yeah, that, because yeah. T- t- testosterone has a lot more to do too with with actual musculoskeletal development. So even though you may be having peak levels of available free testosterone right. through those early you know late teen early 20s but years you're generally speaking though that's where it starts to kind of taper yeah. off and it starts to like decline and this is why training with testosterone is so beneficial through the doping areas sure. if you it, it's i gotta get hooked up man i know well i mean it's like it's like it, it's like we talk about it's not that epo is beneficial to if you took it the night it's, before a race right it's Training a year it. of training under EPO yeah, or a year sure. of training on testosterone. We always keep some EPO in the fridge here at, we the, always at do. the lab. We always do. And, uh, the French just, government's going to raid our fridge and us and us and Nara are going to be <laughs> going, going to doping jail together. Is okay. there a doping jail? Is there, is there yeah. like, Oh yeah. Like in France, like I feel like the tour de France, they, they oh, arrest yeah. riders all the time for this. Like the Cofidis thing. Was it yeah. like, they didn't bring him to like the, the general clinker, right? It was like, you're going to doping jail. You're going to doping jail. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no trainers. <laughs> they have like IVs. A treadmill. And the, and the and the tubes just go nowhere, and you just look at it, and you're like, I can't get that in my arm. That's how that. That's the jail. Oh, okay, so gosh. we talked about the uh, physical part, about it. what about the mental peaks? Are do anybody have See, any? This is this is where though I think Lance makes a good point. Is so like f- mental peaks. I think how I want to look at that is when are you most mentally primed to perform well athletically? Fifty one. <laughs> 51. I'm going to combat that. I actually think this is where ignorance can be bliss a little I bit. I agree. I think 
That's why I'm such a happy person. Think about kids and career. Sure. Kids and career, cortisol can kind of wear down a lot of the system over the years. I do not believe that like a 35 year old is like primed for peak athletic performance. In some people, it can be. Sure. But I think if you are like 23, 24, 25, and like life hasn't kicked you in the in the spot yet. Yep. The nether region. Yep. Yeah. Well, then I I think is actually when you're more mentally primed to yep. to really go after something. You, you see know? this in like science and all these different things like that creativity is all peaking way younger. Oh yeah. Like you neuroplasticity is huge at those ages. Well, and even younger. You even you younger, haven't been yeah. kicked in the in the whatever. In the face, yeah. It's like. <laughs> You're not going to take those. You're not going to take those huge risks with your career yeah. when you're, yeah, forty years old. You know, uh, you're in, like, no, we don't do that because we haven't done that. Yeah, I re- I reference this book way too much on this podcast, but in Endor, Alex Hutchinson yep. talks about how there's there's that what blocks you know what creates limits for us. Right. A lot of the time, it is past experience and how sure. that felt. So our body creates limiters by past experience mm-hmm. neuro you know neurologically what really yeah. su- su- subconsciously from what we believe there's a good point that maybe po- i mean pogacha said after two of those stages that was the hardest thing i've ever done maybe that's and then, he hadn't done then he anything he went out and did something harder yeah exactly yeah. so he hadn't done anything like that yet maybe 32 year old pogacha doesn't uh, you Take know those risks. doesn't follow roglic when roglic attacked him you know yeah. when 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 roglic attacked and then kind of dropped him but he only lost like 12 seconds yeah Maybe thirty-two-year-old Pogacha is like that hurts so bad in the past. I can't. Or, I can't or do that. like that's not. It's not smart for me to go. Yeah. Like you overthink it a little bit. He where does. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Stay conservative yeah. for tomorrow and the next day. And wait, wait, wait. The yeah. stage is over after that. So know, like, it's like maybe whole, those those moments are where it's decided. Those, those real small moments mentally as a peak performer. So when you're twenty-one, you're not thinking, oh man, on day twenty this is going to hurt. If on day sixteen I go on day sixteen, if you're twenty-one, you're thinking Roglic is going. Yeah. I'm going maybe like I'm and following it's him. hard to say like when when those times are beneficial and when they're negative because yeah maybe nine he times out of tanked. ten nine times out of ten they're they're typically yeah. negative right where it's like the old person knows better because they've yeah. done well, it yeah and sometimes Just, ignorance is bliss <laughs> that one out of ten times yeah but that almost if you start to take that that uh, that approach if you will sure yeah I'm gonna throw out just because we were just talking about Quintana he's oh yeah. they've always said oh he'll get him tomorrow or these are the stages coming up or we're going to go into these mountains he's going to get him there never does he just he that was my approach with him going into this tour I was like this is it Quintana's done it this is it he's got it wait 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 should we decide who won and who lost I think I lost officially I lost oh for the who who won though did we all lose so there was the podcast uh fantasy pool yeah and well, we had the yeah, we had the fantasy pool, but that's different uh, than the actual podcast predictions. And we all did there, amazingly terrible. I can pull there this were, up. There were nine people in our podcast pool because we opened it up to other, yeah, other people. people. But this is the, um, the fantasy pool. Yeah, this is the fantasy pool, the fantasy tour de France pool. Uh, Jake took second. Ooh, he lost nice. to Carlos. Yeah, I needed won. two more days of the, the. Good job, Carlos. Yeah, two more days of racing, and I think I could have got him. Uh, third place was Cassie. Go Cassie. Nice. Fourth place was Mike Reddick. Nice. Um, fifth, I was fifth. Lance Hepler at fifth. Sixth was Kit Hunters. I don't know who that is. Uh, seventh was DJ Cliff, our friend Cliff. Oh, Cliff. The yep. 
Um, Evan, you were eighth, and Matt, unfortunately, oh, you yeah. were... Yes! <laughs> oh, I thought for sure I was going to be dead last. So, oh, thank God. Right. Going back to our picks here on the podcast, just for our this is podium. The one, this is what counts, guys. <laughs> so we had Matt, and Matt had taken uh, Egon Bernal, did not finish. Okay. Uh, Bardet. Did not finish. Did not finish. And finish. Roglic in third. So that would okay. be his... Uh, so I was one off. Roglic finished second. Uh-huh. Okay. So then we'll go over to Matt, or, or not Matt, but Lance. And Lance took Primos, got second, took Bernal, okay. and took Pino. Did, yeah, Pino P- finished. Pino was like, he was like 30th or he, something like uh, that. If not even further. He finished, what, two hours back or something like that? But he still uh, finished, right? He did right. finish. Evan took Quintana. He took Primos second, and he took Mike Woods third. Didn't even racing the tour <laughs> but his, but, got a pretty good but evan's evan's <laughs> picks are not any better or worse than any of the rest of ours because yeah. he got uh, roglic spot on and i mean that's all of us quintana's about to go to jail apparently. yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> and then i took primos in first i had bernal in second didn't finish in quintana so i guess the million dollar question is is i think we all who finished higher that. was it uh pino or was it quintana Quintana. <laughs> Quintana was like Quintana, but he's, But if he goes to jail, then Evan immediately has to buy us all drinks. Of, <laughs> I shall take it. If he, if he goes if, to jail. If Quintana's going to jail during Tron Me next we podcast. All, we all. Yeah. <laughs> fine waters. Fine sparkly waters for us. So I, I don't know. How do we determine the winner here? Because I had Primo. It all comes down to if Primos. Quintana goes to jail. Primo's first, <laughs> Quintana third. I don't. Yeah, think, because because even for Jake's third spot, spot, it'll be if Quintana goes to jail or not. I don't think any of us. I don't think it's clear that any of us were winners or losers. I had Roglic third, <laughs> which is one off of the second place where he finished. All of my other guys didn't even finish. I think we all lost <laughs> on the podium. Losers across the table, then we'll take that. Well, did, and then we, did Lance technically win though? I'm trying to do the math in my head. But then we could fall back to the um, we could fall back to our uh, fantasy league, which means Jake won. That's true. I think that's what we yeah. should do. I think yeah. we should fall back to the fantasy league if our real podcast picks are a wash. So I think Jake won, and I'm the official loser, which means I buy drinks. <laughs> I buy the next case of water, Yay. and Jake has. We have to watch Jake pour it all over his. That's probably right. Head, like yep. a victory yeah. style. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And then if Quintana goes to jail, I have to bring fit eights next time. That's so, true. <laughs> that seems fair. You got to bring whatever he gets popped for, right? <laughs> right. Oh. No, we already have that in the fridge. So. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, all right. So back to this guy again. Let's. Uh, we, we already talked about the mental peaking. Are, are we done with this, that part yeah. of the question? Yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. The last I think part- we correctly answered that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sean. The last part of this uh, question from Sean was, what is the rel- relative importance of those two factors in cycling and uh, other sports? So the I guess you could say the youth versus experience. How, how important, how relevant are those? Oh, I was going to wonder if he was more pointing to what's more important, mentally your peak or physically your peak in terms of performance. No, we can talk about that too. Yeah. We can maybe hit both. So go ahead. Yeah. I think it's I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think well, it's hard because we're looking at like these two outliers, which are, you know, the most recent winners in the tour that were very young. And I think that we're going to weight that more because they're kind of this weird outlier piece of things that have just happened and it's fresh on our mind. Because like next year G could go out there and win and we'll be like, you know what, I think I think experience is really what we're gonna come what, back. Right. what brings that, about Tour, Tour de France victory. Is it Chris Horn that won at like 40? Chris Horner. Corner, the Giro. Corner? The Giro. Yeah, I don't think... 
on a stage that he's calling in. He's calling in. Chris Hart's calling. I'm gonna call him. when he when he answers the phone. Also, I'm gonna call him out and be like, "You were on. You were on drugs, sir." The, 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 the greatest <laughs> mystery race of all time was when he dropped Vincenzo Nibali on that Giro climb. I believe it was the Stelvio that year when it was snowing, and they cut out the feed. Oh. And Chris had dropped. So Vincenzo had attacked Chris. The feed cut out. The feed came back. Chris had caught. Vincenzo and then Chris drops Vincenzo as the feed cuts out again. It's one of the greatest like mystery stages of all time. Like nobody knows what happened. It was great. Huh. I I'm not a huge fan of his. I don't know how you feel. Chris Horner. I've, yeah. never, I've never met him. I'm sure. Well, he's he probably, does. Yeah. He does a lot of announcing now, so you'll get the you'll get the yeah, opportunity to true. hear him Listen chat him. in the future. Yeah. He but lived he, in Bend for a number of years too. Yeah. Did he live in Bend? Oh, nice. Oh, I, I actually think I remember that because when I was doing a ride around Bend, I looked at a couple of KOM lists, and that was a few tens there. of minutes off of his no, segment time. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I think when you're talking about like f- the importance of physical versus mental peak, God, you you think the mental would be more important over a tour of well, I don't know. I mean, they're they're obviously crucially important, but when you're talking about physical, the differences are so minute at that very top level among a guy like Quintana versus Bernal versus Pino physically they're all freaks i mean they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're all just another planet physically uh even compared to their counterparts so i really do think it's it's the mental approach to that race and just the preparation that is which i think preparation goes under mental but yeah yeah i, I, I think go ahead lance i th- i think that uh the the professional athletes across whatever sport you are they are the ranks are littered with people that have the you know physical peaks, whether that's young or old. They 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 are at the physical peak of whatever they are. The champions are the ones that also have the mental part. Yeah, it's a good Definitely. point. Yeah, I like that. I agree. And it's hard because it's hard hard to see those hundreds of athletes that are physically good and they're young and whatever. They don't have the experience and they don't have the you know mental you know piece of the puzzle you know, primed, we don't even see them. We just see, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we just see the, um, Pojakar and I nailed the yeah. pronunciation of his last name. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so up, it, I know that I kind of put a lot of weight behind the fact that maybe Ineos didn't have the mentorship. All of these teams have team directors. All True. of these people, yeah. all, all these teams have lots of people sitting behind Brails, you know, Brailsford's got some experience a little bit, just a little bit. Right. Um, Sir Brailsford, Sir so much experience. It's Sir Brailsford. So you still have somebody there to mentor you. They're just not in the actual throes of the right. moment with you, and maybe they're not seeing some of the dynamics. But at the end of the day, I mean, you are going to have a little bit of that, um, you know, that mental development, that little, whether it be from your personal experiences or from the experiences that you're drawing from other people that have been there, done that, and know the, the drill. Like Brailsford, example, he's walked Bradley Wiggins through it, he's, Chris Froome, Garrett Thomas, and he's walked uh, Bernal through it as well. So if there's anything that guy has is experience. Yes. He might absolutely. be a little on the crass side, but at the end of the day, he knows his stuff. So yeah. it's not like Bernal was just out there blindly trying to figure out what to do. I mean, right. Or Ineos in, in general. So yeah, a little bit of that, uh, I don't yeah. know, that, that mental factor is being imparted on you by your manager yeah. or your director. Yeah, absolutely. So, And this is where, where, where we go back to the physical capacity. I know VO2 Max is brought up frequently, I feel like, especially in cycling. Uh, cross-country skiing, too. That's a number that they really like yeah. to look at is yeah. VO2 Max, especially cross-country and skiing. Running, yeah. And r- running, too. But I feel like in running, it's more 
I think run economy is widely yep. accepted, at least from yeah. people who have done these tests and look at them. Cause I, I worked sure. around a lab before and you, you kind of know that in running there's di- uh, a good example is Galen Rupp has a not very high VO2 max. Oh, does for he a, not? No, he, he, I think was, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this o- wrong. Probably he's gotta be over 80. No, 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 no. He was, he, he he's actually surprisingly low now. The, but what they, there's a lot that goes into that test, sure. but with cyclists, it's very, it's this number that's almost worn as a badge because yep. Cycling is always about just like pushing to your absolute limit. Right. That's but, true. It's a different but, sport know, than running. It's very I'll give different. A, I'll give an example because there's a lot of like Norwegians who have tested very high in VO2 max testing. And there's a lot of debate on the lab that they test in, the sure. accuracy of these numbers. But when we're talking about physical capacity, this is my my point to the fact that I think mentally is what makes the difference at these very top levels like you guys were just talking about in preparation is in 2012, there was an 18-year-old named Oscar Svedson who tested almost 98 milliliters per kilogram per minute, which is an absurdly high number, the highest ever recorded. He was 18 at that time. He was an untrained 15-year-old who tested 76 before, which is crazy to think untrained testing 76. Did they switch him into um, cross-country skiing? Is that what they... I think at that age, he was a cross-country skier, then switched to cycling and was the Norwegian national champ for the juniors in the time trial. Okay. Um, Since then, that was 2012. Has anybody heard any results from Oscar Svetson? Right. No, he washed out. Yeah. So he like quit. Yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about, I mean, we're, when we're talking about physical capacity, I really can't imagine a cyclist with much more physical capacity than a former cross country skier who's blown a 98 almost yeah. in a lab, regardless of if you want to say, Oh, that lab was accurate. Now let's say it was a 92. Okay. Whatever. That's right. still, still, that's still insane. Greg Lamont level yep. of VO two max. Yep. So, you're, you're talking about what's there between Greg Lamont and Oscar Svetson? Mental. Absolutely. Physically, I mean, I don't see much of a difference there. They both can blow a whole lot of oxygen through their system and probably yeah. buffer lactate like it's their job. Right. So, I mean, you, you look at that, it's Gre- Greg Lamont. As, oh, God, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Greg <laughs> Lamont clearly committed to a very good training plan and had a well, great career. And, you know, he did. Yeah, and he was he tough. Won and some oh, very good, Evan. Did yeah. that he hurt loved, to say? He loved the it sport. It hurt to say. It he really loved, did hurt to I say. I think he loved the sport, and I still think that he loves the you know, sport in I mean, a different way than you. His 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 voice is very annoying, yep. but he does love the sport. So <laughs> I, I His voice, presence, yeah. and essence is annoying, but, you know, that's... Yeah. I kind of like him. You like him? Oh, especially all the old race stuff. I mean, God, I don't like him at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. How do you and John Hoffman get along? We don't at all. <laughs> me and John hate each other. It's good. He me and John loves talk- Lamont. John, John talked to me once. We were talking about the Move podcast. Yeah. Me and Cassie just religiously watch the Move. We love Lance and George. On the, it's just great. And John tells me he's like, I can't listen to it just because Lance's voice is just annoying. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Lance is the oh god, it just. It, how can you listen to Greg Lamont talk and be like, yeah, I'm okay with that. And then listen to Lance talk and be like, no, 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 no that's too annoying. John, I need an answer. <laughs> I need an answer. John. He, he needs to come on the podcast. He would be great to have here as well. I keep Absolutely. on asking him. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think I'd be good. Like, no, he'd be way great. more interesting than me or Matt. He'll be fine. Yeah. We'll do it. Awesome. Cool. Anything else you guys want to chime in on this with? No. I think we should go into one last thing because we're really deep into this one. Yeah. I thought last week was long. All right. We, yeah, we need to start tidying yeah. these things up a little bit. <laughs> I know. We need to do these at 90 uh, minutes. I, we, might, we might still keep it under last week, but these are getting a little on the long side. Uh, one last thing. Lance, I'm going to start with you in case we lose Excellent. you for some reason. So go. Um, my one last thing is um, I'm just going to um, stay away from the West Coast for a while. I don't know. I got nothing to say. <laughs> We will miss you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The West Coast will miss you. My riding buddy, man. He's gone. <laughs> gone <know>. forever. <laughs> what 
Well, we hope you and Brandy and Piper have good, safe travels. So, cool. Mr. Legrand, one yeah. last thing. I posted a video this past week, and it was something along the lines of, like, uh, you should start a YouTube channel today. And it has not been a popular video. Oh, no. Which is fine. But what's really interesting is it might be one of the most rewarding videos that I've posted because I've had a couple of people start channels really because oh, of the, because really? of that video like really rewarding to see someone like start up a video and this is only a couple but like a couple people are like i started this video this they're like this guy that i follow on youtube said i should start a channel and i'm doing it right now and they say that in their first video That's on youtube spectacular and Matt. i'm like wow this is so cool to yeah. have any sort of positive influence yep. we'll say it's positive i don't know if it is but like have some people just start something because they saw a video and they were even slightly inspired to go ahead and make that next step I even like thought about it for a minute after. I may think about it even more here coming up. Well, you've got a lot of cool things to that you do. Well, I wouldn't that say would that, say. but I could I could make a video or two on my phone. Yeah, I could try. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's important yeah. to be like if you want to start to start because you can put that off forever, mm-hmm. or you can start and you you will get better as you go. Yeah, like, if you want to do it, it's cool. It's just your and I say this in the video like your first video is not going to be your best video. Your first video is probably going to be your worst video. Yeah. And so just start. And then, you know, if you stick to a somewhat of a schedule, you're going to have like a following and you're going to have mm-hmm. a fun time doing it. And you're going to learn a lot along the process. So it's it's been a good experience for me. And I would encourage other people to consider starting a channel. Now, I'm sure you don't know off the top of your head sure. what their channel might be. But is that something maybe you can kick over to us so that we can watch it ourselves and maybe even possibly share it? The couple people that started channels? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. That'd I have be fantastic. Yeah, I can send you the links for that if we want to share it in cool. the show notes or something. I think we should. Anything, okay. any of them good? Have you watched the videos? You know, I yeah, mean, I know that absolutely. they're, they're going to probably be a little rough around the edges, yes. but you can still find value in just about anything. So. Well, here's yeah, here's the thing is um, the I think the tactic one of them is very good, and I'm there's been a couple of them. Uh, one of them is very good. Uh, a guy running a cross country race, which is super cool. Oh, nice. Um, He's uh, from Czechoslovakia, I think. And then another guy from the U.S. Um, lighting and stuff like that's all rough. And it's just, you know, him talking to his phone and things like that. So like very rough. But it's like, hey, he started. He has a huge challenge in front of him that he's yeah. put forth. And it's uh, you just kind of can see like, OK, it's going to take some work. And I think just some little tweaks. We're going to make a huge different like yeah. lighting, right? Like yeah. little things like that. Um, you know, having yeah. the camera, you know, level with your face and things like that. All these little, little things. But those are just details. The fact that he started is the big thing. Uh, and you have and like then, 200 examples from the UK, right? Which is where you're big. 200, so, yep, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there was someone... That's partially famous in Britain. Yeah. yeah, there was another guy that sent me this, you know, his stuff that he had started. And I was blown away. Really? It was, yeah, I think you'll really like this one because it was a lot of bike footage and stuff like that. And it was just done on a GoPro. And you could just tell, like, he gets it. He understands that... Like, he even said this in the messages. He's like... I'm inspired by your transitions and blah, blah, blah. And like, you could even see like, he's doing these cool transitions and he's doing all of this bike footage sure. and the music that he uses is gorgeous. And I told him, I was like, I'm getting lost on your channel. Like when you only have a couple of videos out, like this is going to, I said, if you want to do this, you're going to be successful. So I hope he does, you know, and it is a huge time commitment, That's but cool. at the same time, 
it's a skill that you learn and it's a, even if you're just like, I'm going to post a couple things to YouTube and I'm going to post a couple things to Instagram. It's a cool skill set to have that I think anyone oh, can yeah. do. So yeah, cool. Anyway, good I'll, on you, Matt. I'll, we'll post links to some show notes and you guys can check it out. Cool. Yep. Mr. Evan, one last thing. I'm going to take it pretty easy this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea. Uh, next week I'm going to start training for, I'm going to try a time trial 5k on the track here in the next two months, probably. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yep. This week I'm, uh, just doing whatever I want. I don't know. No clue. <laughs> going to work a lot. That's probably about it. Yeah. Yeah. Work's killing us. Ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Ride, Ride bikes. bikes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. My one last thing is that we have, um, kind of already started a little bit, but the bikes for kids stuff is kicking off. Wow. So the 2020 edition to put kids on bikes for 2021 has kind of softly officially started with a couple different things. Uh, There's a connection that we're working on with the Vancouver Bicycle Club. They are great and they were Mm -hmm. very generous sponsors of us last year. So looking forward to working with them. And then we're also doing a little deal with um, a local coffee company, a new coffee company, um, Tangent Roasters. They actually roast coffee beans and are selling bags of coffee and we are going to partner up with them and help them buy so much coffee from those guys (laughs) so they're actually going to be supplying coffee for us fresh made coffee um down here at the lab and we will actually be offering that and the proceeds from that will go towards um dialed cycling that we will and we will earmark um all of the proceeds all the net proceeds will go towards either well i think we're going to kind of split it a little bit to a certain degree but um a, a chunk of it's going to go towards bikes for kids and the other chunk of it's going to go into our juniors program which is going to okay. be pretty cool so we're going to be supporting kids uh in our juniors program as well as kids that are underprivileged that we're going to get on um, you know riding bikes and it'd helmets be cool and to have like some little coffee bags with like dialed logo on it yep, or something like that. It's going to be white labeled. Really? Um, so okay, we're going to cool. have some of that stuff. So stay tuned for some of that stuff. And I've tried some of their coffees. Pretty good stuff. Do they have a decaf? Good question. I can't answer that one. I don't know. I need it because i am got some health stuff. I need to stay away from the, the caffeine. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, Evan and I will drink all of your caffeine. There you go. <laughs> I'll take in all the caffeine today for you. Yeah, don't worry. So kind of excited about that. And then our um, actual big uh, ugly Christmas sweater ride that we'll do for do a date. December 5th. Okay. That'll be the first Saturday mm-hmm. in uh, December. We will do the uh, the ugly Christmas sweater ride. And, I love and that ride. Might Depending upon where we're at with all COVID things, we're still going to do the ride regardless. It might be something where we just have to really pace ourselves out and maybe we'll just have to have the best Christmas buff <laughs> contest in there as well. But we Christmas oh. buff and you got to attack from the start ugly so that Christmas. we break up into groups. <laughs> ugly Christmas buff. <laughs> well, and sweater. Ugly Christmas mask. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's so, going to be a thing this year. I yeah. bet you. Oh, it's 100%. Uh, I should totally start a website right now and just sell ugly Christmas masks. Make I don't have to make them. Eventually, they'll just, that'll just happen. There you go. They're just that's gonna just be take huge. ugly that sweaters, cut them up, and turn such them a good idea you, you would crush <laughs> make some money man yeah about, make some of that internet money <laughs> <laughs> some of that google money <laughs> some of that google so money really looking forward to that stuff coming up i'm um, really looking forward to putting these kids on bikes and just for a, another update in terms of what happened with our 2020 bikes for kids yeah. campaign we raised a lot of money and we still have not delivered those bikes so we have a lot of money still sitting in the bank account. And what happened was is we just couldn't put together an event for these kids. Mm-hmm. And add to that that um, Cannondale just did not have kids' bikes. So it's going to be like this big extravaganza, like double the bikes kind of thing. So we're looking oh, to wow. match the money that we already have, which mm-hmm. I think is like $7,000. I think I have to go check the bank accounts. Nice. So we want to try and match that and beat it if we possibly can. And um, oh, We're, we're going to crush it this year. We're just going to deliver that many more bikes. I've been speaking with Cliff, um, 
about working yeah. with some of the inner city folks over there in uh, the mm-hmm. Portland area and supporting them. And then there's you know, probably going to be a few other things that come up. So we're going to make sure that we get a lot of kids on bikes this year. Yeah, should absolutely. be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that. So anything else? That's it. That's it. Thanks for having us. Style podcast out. Style podcast out. <laughs> we thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye for now. Bye.